spend some time with the dead. On demand almost. We'd be like, hey, can you like touch the duck and make it go off? And it would just start lighting up and going crazy. Why should we be afraid of you? Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. I'm your host, Riley Clark, and alongside me today is... Trevor Jensen. And our super special guest... Is the legend. Allegedly, he fought Bigfoot one time. Beat him up so bad, why we can't find Bigfoot. <laughs> Danny. That'll work. The legend. Paranormal. Yeah, I- it is paranormal. It's abnormal. Did you introduce me already? I think I heard you introduce me already. Yeah, oh, yeah. you fought that Bigfoot. You fought Bigfoot, and, and that's, that's why we can't find that's him. That's why I can't find him. Allegedly, well, he saw Allegedly. me, and he told everybody, and no one believes him. <laughs> and then he said, "Snap into a Slim Jim." He did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Louis Caliente. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Of course, of course. Appreciate it. Give me an opportunity to talk about what I do and things I've done. And, of course, Riley, the gentleman sitting next to you, I brag all the time that I think I think I performed something for him not too long ago. It's crazy. Yeah, I think something big happened. That something might be a milestone. It did. It did. But it's all relative, man. We got big things coming up, you know? Heck, yeah, we do. There's a lot of things coming down the pipeline. I mean, we got Ghost Rama that we've been absolutely plugging the poop out of <laughs> yes sir yes yeah. sir and i'm happy to have what goes bump in the night and i will tell everybody off the off the beginning of the show that i am pleased to have you guys on the lineup here uh not only on my network which is unrestrictedparanormal.com but shameless plug everybody so the other thing is unrestricted okay. radio which is a little different so sunday nights you're going out internet all over the world um, I have you guys right here. What goes bump in the night is between the 7 and 8 p.m. slot. Awesome. So when you release your videos, I steal your audio. And on the page, there's two things that happen. This yep. is Riley and Trev, so you both know what's happening here. Um, the audio gets played on Sunday nights on Unrestricted Radio. Mm-hmm. And then on my network, they can tune in anytime. And if they click the player where you are advertised, which yep. will open your player. It'll play the last thing that you just did. The last show you just did will automatically start playing. I love that. That's so, so cool. So all you got to awesome. do is go find them on the find them on the podcast page. There they are. Click, bada bing, bada boom, and you're watching the guys. You know, the dudes, <laughs> the dudes as we call them, the dudes of the paranormal. Yeah, yeah. So. You are a legend in your own rights. In my so, own mind, yeah. <laughs> I say we were we were bragging a little bit, saying like, "God, how many investigations has it been now?" We just counted this today during this meeting: three hundred and two since two thousand and eight. <laughs> yeah, that, that and, is incredible. Uh, it's nuts, man. It it blows my mind, you know. And it wasn't all me. I ha- I have to be very serious about that. It wasn't all me. This is a team effort. People have come and go, for, you know, from this team. 
And uh, they were at these investigations. They did the research work and uh, cool things. And I'm like you too. It just blows my mind. Once I get thinking about all the places we've traveled, people we've met, adventures, and I, I have a lot to share and I'll squeeze it in what time we have, you know. What has been your favorite so far? You're, you're going to ask some of these standard questions, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Because oh, I'm actually pretty curious because it's I know out of the 300, it's like one has to stand above the rest. Right. Where it's like if something stood out more than, than the others or something was so unique that it's like, this was pretty well cool. <laughs> Henderson was a focal point, Henderson Castle, mm-hmm. but it's it's still a favorite. It's in right. my list of favorites. But if I'm going to be honest with you and everybody else out here, I would have to say, honestly, the USS Silversides in Muskegon, which yep. is a World War II submarine. And yes. on the other side of that, bay that lake Mm. is uh the lst 393 which also was at d-day omaha beach and Mm. knowing the history that went on with those two vessels alone and the things that we caught on those over you know the submarine we did for a couple of years in a row and uh some things changed so we weren't able to go back we know about those changes yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We tried ourselves, right? And and then the LST, you know, we did for five, almost well, six years, and we missed one, so it would have been seven years in a row where mm. we would go up every year at the end of September, and I would pay the museum, which I don't mind paying a museum because it's right. different than a destination, a paranormal destination. Okay, I agree. A little agree. different, a little different. There's and artifacts. We would get three days and three nights, and so cool to spend the night and he would turn on the showers and hot water because it had a boiler has electricity and for the girls because god forbid you don't have showers yeah. and hot water for the girls um the only thing they were afraid of were the spiders that were all over the deck but uh believable sure yeah believable yeah, yeah the, the little wolves but i'm going to tell you that i think that those are my favorite because of i'm a world war ii history guy yeah, I'm a pretty big buff myself, so it's yeah. like it's yeah. it's Civil- such history. Yeah, Civil War II, but World War II is it for me. And if you've ever been, and I suggest anybody watching this or listening, if you have a chance to go to Muskegon, go to both museums. But that LST three nine three museum is, I'm gonna just, I can swear on your show, right? I heard you guys. Oh swear. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So it is the shit. Okay, (laughs) they have not just local people and pictures and stories on the wall, Uh people who didn't come back from all the wars, not just World War Two. And I'll tell you a little bit of the history of that here in a second. But they have also started this canine memorial because for many years, instead of bringing these dogs back and we're talking as far back as World War One. Yeah. Yeah. they just leave them there, destroy them, and not so much so. People, you know, needed to be remembered. Some of yep. them had did very had have done very heroic things, and in paranormal, I believe in spirit. You know, animals too. I've seen them, um, so I saw that, and that just melted my heart because I'm an animal lover. We have a, right. you know, we've had dogs. But guys, the Japanese artifacts and the machine guns and the dummies and the uniforms and 
It's just, it's a it's smorgasbord of naval history. I'll tell everybody the quick history of that thing, why it's one of my faves, is that that thing was called the Lucky Lady because during the trips, about 60 or so, back and forth from England to Normandy, during D-Day landings. That's so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a lot of these uh, LSTs were hitting mines and sunk. They, oh, yeah, I'm sure. This, this thing never took a ricochet or a hit. Never. Wow. Whoa. Isn't that weird? And, and it, it served its full like military career, too. Pulled, pulled right up on the beach, opened up, wow. took in prisoners, took in wounded. Uh, it was basically a death ship because people were dying on board to get back to England, you know, literally. Yeah. Um, and then SS people were jumping overboard, so they had to chain them down in the lower hatches of the ships because they didn't want to go back face the music. I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, wow. so they started jumping overboard. Um, so it has a history, and then later on when it's retired, this is a, a eerie part for people out here who like, you know, like the scary and, and the weird that is true. It was turned into a car ferry from Muskegon to Milwaukee. And when you go visit the museum now, there's a big hatch on the side of the ship that wasn't yep. there in World War II. And you would drive the cars in, in the front, and you had that hatch out the side where you could drive things out the side, right? So in the 50s, there's a shipping lane, and they still are like this today, that there are shipping lanes you are not to be in if you do not have proper running lights on your vessels. You yeah. shouldn't be out there to begin with because... If you stand in the the wheel room, I'm going to try to get you guys to come along someday so if we can get back up there. We'll stand in the wheel room. You will please, understand yes, what I'm please. saying. And you mm, will look at the front of the ship. Everybody can see me. It goes up like a banana. And oh, in yeah. the dark with no lights, you cannot see what's in front of you. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the best way I could like say it is like if you drive a high-low and you have like a big box or something, a crate that you lift it up a little bit. It's like, yeah. you can't see around that shit. You don't, you don't know what's in front of you. Right. No. That's exactly right. So these got these people weren't supposed to be out there. They're on a party barge, 15 oh, of no. them. And get, I, I don't want to make light of the dead because they all died. Right. Ship hit them, but it's like stupid tricks win stupid prizes. You know, you sh they shouldn't have been in that shipping lane. Yeah. And so there is death on on top of death with the World War II stuff that seemed to be sort of a magnet or something that had attached itself. And when we got talking to volunteers who had been on the ship for years, uh, I want to mention Ron uh, Morsfeld, who was the guy at the time that I dealt with. He was a Marine vet, and he had been volunteering there for years. And he brought other people in to talk to us when we first got into our heads to go out there and to check it out. Um, right conversations, engine noises, things that you would just, I guess, assume would happen on a haunted ship, right? Yeah, where it's just routine and, stuff. More or less, you're right. Routine is right, right? I didn't expect anything first visit, but we had things happen. And I got the wise idea from watching <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries many years ago. Mm. If all of you have watched any reruns, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Dr. Kroll. He has since passed on. He went to the Queen Queen Mary, I think it's the Queen Mary, mm. and he took a oh, tape yeah. recorder because he had been recording voices and he was a paranormal researcher, right? I think he's one of the gentlemen, too, that worked on the Entity Pro, you know, when that all happened back in the day. Right. So what we saw on this program was is he put a tape recorder up front 
where a collision had happened with the, you know, that ship and another ship and some people had died up there. And what he, to his amazement, and you can still pull up on YouTube folks and listen to this, you will hear talking and machinery and ship moving when there's, there's nobody there. This is the middle of the night. God, there's no creepy. one there. Right. So guess what Dan and his crew catch? I leave one going about three 30 in the morning, guys, yep. 3 AM. Everybody else goes to bed. We are on top in officers' quarters. We get to sleep and all that stuff. It's pretty cool. That is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, we go to bed, and I was so excited because when, when we had done that every year, I barely went to bed. I there's a couple times I stayed up all three days. Yeah, how do you? And I could have been hallucinating because I, you know, you get it to the laughing part of where you're so tired you just laugh at everything. You're like, I should be like a zombie, but I feel great. (laughs) I did too. That's exactly it. I was just like, I don't want to stop. So I retrieve recorders. We sit down. I took a short nap. Um, You got to rejuvenate. Yeah. And I said, well, let's just, let's just preview some of our stuff early on. You know, I want to see if I caught something last night. I just, something told me to check it. Really. That's all it was, was an intuition, even though I'm sensitive. Um, Yep. The fact of the matter is, I hear what Dr. Crow heard. I started hearing machinery in the front, like those front doors are opening that loud. I heard people talking, people walking around and machinery went on for uh, sporadically for about a minute or two, and it just fades off, right? Just fades off. And it's almost like was, you just walked into like a memory. Oh, dude, it's Twilight Zone. My my the, so my team wild. was stunned. They were stunned. And over the years, um, stuff like that on the sub happened too. And we were only in there twice. Uh, we were featured on Fox TV with the submarine because mm. I check a static camera on the forward torpedo room, and I'm talking to somebody in there, and I said, "Hey, look, you know, we're in here. We're not going to do any harm." And in between me and another investigator you see a shadow pop up and move across the wall and it, co- and it goes back down rather quickly. And wow. they were, yeah, Fox was able to slow it down frame by frame. You know, That's I don't, ha- so I, I don't have that editing equipment and it, it was amazing what we watched. You saw this something looks like a shadow of a person between me and the hatch and our investigator, Mike, and it shoots up and it goes across. Now, normally shadows, if there's something sticking out of a wall, your shadow is going to contour around. Yeah, so items. you'll see it, like, follow it oh, almost. Yeah, yeah. Correct. It didn't do that. It shot up, went across, went down. And when they slowed it down, you could see a body. And then you could see, like, a neck and a head and what we call the soup can or the soup bowl. <laughs> yeah. And it went pretty quick. And so I'm like, whoa, what did we catch? You know, and you're like, am I crazy? Like what? No, no. Cause the, the, the crew later, um, they made comments. They told me that they heard a dog barking in the forward torpedo room. I'm like, what? Like what? So I asked, I went on top of the sub. Now, mind you, we're here in the middle of the night, you know, two nights in a row. Mm. And I said, well, was anybody outside? Because I have timestamps on some of my static cameras, which would tell me where each crew, you know, each team was at that exact time. Yeah. I have them write it down. We keep, we keep track. Yeah. So and, there's no uh, diluting anything. Correct. There's no corruption. So we, they said, no, nobody was out here at that time. And honestly, you could scream. Now with a submarine, you think I'd hear you with the hatch open. You, you can't. Nah. 
Yeah, I couldn't hear I anybody. Yeah. Um, so it's thick, thick armor, basically. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah no it's way. a tube. If anybody knows anything, it's a tube, and everything you see is a shell. It's a yep. shell built around this tube, so you're living mm. in this tube. It's yep, guys and, and, and people listening. It, this is you got to go see it. The silver it's size so is cool. it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's so cool. I, I, I have so much to share about it, but I've only. But I want to. I want you to get to your questions. You know, all I'm going to say is how that. Suffice, go ahead. How many confirmed um, uh, sunk ships does the silver sides have? Because I say it's quite few. I don't. I have the book downstairs. It's quite yeah. a few, and. Um, I think three or four, three or four, three or four services, which, yep. and they operated in the Sea of Japan and mm-hmm. the Bay. So when you hear me say Bay of Japan, I wish I had the book up here, guys. They were in the Bay of Japan. They went into undercover into the actual Bay of Japan where they right. were spying on the mainland, first off. And they also had the distinction of firing on the Japanese under the Japanese flag. How, you ask? I hear everybody asking. Okay, I'll tell you. (laughs) So when they went through one of the submarine nets, you know, they have those big saws on the front of those. Yeah. That's what those are for, to cut through those nets, release those mines so that they don't get exploded. Well, they got tangled up in some netting. They actually had to have a guy go out which they weren't frogmen back then. They, I mean, they were frogmen. They weren't SEALs. They did not have Navy SEALs. Yeah, they didn't have so, the super training. No, they didn't. And so he went out and cut the cut it loose, but some of it was snagged enough, and they couldn't wait around. They get out of the bay. They get out there and realize they still have parts of this net on their saw, and they surface to get some air and recharge batteries, I think, is how the story is written in the book. They have yeah. a book you can buy there at the museum with an actual picture of the battle that ensued. Um, cool. They took a photo of them because this trawler, they noticed a trawler off to the, the I want to say, the port side of the ship sub. And uh, somebody took a photo, and the trawler dropped its walls, and they had a gun. This is what they hit. <laughs> they had guns on these trawlers. So yeah. they were in a gun battle on the surface. Um, they hit it, they sink it. Um, and then they realized we got Japanese flags in the front of our submarine, you know, these tiny little flags as, as goofball TV stuff as it is, they really did that. They put little, little Japanese flags on the subnets as did we, we had little American flags on ours as well. It's really goofball. And so they have that story. There's so many more that go to it, but what I wanted to get to was, then there's a, my crew responds later on in the, in the morning, they respond to hear, you know, that dog barking yeah. couldn't figure out. So when we went back for the review, we did discover to my amazement, I'm sitting in the galley uh, where the regular soldiers would have been served their meals. It's just uh, right around the corner from the, what we call the, the main con. And then above it is that tower, which they would go up mm-hmm. into when they would go down underwater. And so, we're sitting in there and I'm asking Bob Morin, God rest his soul, wonderful gentleman, World War II vet. He is the person who saved that submarine from uh, the pier in Chicago and brought it over here. And oh, wow. Beautiful what a, guy. What a legend. He is the dude. He's the dude. And uh, so we're talking and I said, well, we have this dog. I showed him the tape, my crew, and you hear a dog barking. Like, <laughs> roo, roo, roo. you hear it in the sub. No, no, no joke. I still have that video, and uh, 
And he's like, why is there a dog? I'm like, I don't know. And he looks, he looks at me and he points behind me. And being the great investigator, Ram, this is my comedy moment. Yeah. You know, there's times that when we say that we're we're really on top of, of looking at things, sometimes we miss stuff, little things. Oh, yeah. The whole time we're investigating, I didn't pay attention to this magazine in this case behind me, which mm-hmm. was Stars and Stripes. This is a magazine that was put out in the war that service people could read. They do articles about these guys all over, like Germany, yeah, Japan, boost morale, everything. Right, right. It's like a time life yep. military version of that. And there's an article open, and it's about their mascot <laughs> on their first mission. Let me guess. It was a woof woof. It was a dog. It was a doggy dog. Yeah. That's woof, woof. Awesome. And his name was Admiral. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> that is so it. fucking right. cool. Is not made love up story. It. This is all true. You can go up there and see it for yourself. I, and... I love when it turns out, though, where it's like, I heard something so obscure that is just not normal to hear on investigations. No. Generally, but it pertains to the location so much. Oh, I bet you the thing on the ship, too, was to go, woo, 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 woo. I'm, I'm just saying, like it could have been. Well, boys. he's not. Hey, Riley, you're not. Far, you're not far off, man. I'm gonna tell right. you why. Because there's pictures of these guys when, like, maybe the second or third mission, they started a contest about who could grow the best beard. That's so cool. And they're all on deck taking photos of themselves with the captain. He's he's on this too. It's a part yep. of a morale thing, you know. Oh yeah. And they yeah, all got totally. beards. Like full beards, and then they had a thing where they were they would put in port in Australia. That's where their their port was, um, and they would go to Australia, and uh, they started buying boonie hats. So then there's pictures of these guys with these beards, and they got these Australian hats, you know, with the pin up on one side. Yep. You know, like good day, mate. You know, one of those things. Yeah, good day. So, <laughs> good day, sir. So they there's more that you can read into this book. It's amazing who these men were. There's seven up to seventy-five to eighty-five men at one time on wow. board the sub, and there's that's a lot. Three shifts, you know, your body stink, and you know, so taking that in consideration and and being one of my favorites, that would have to be it. And I think some of the other stuff that happened to us there um, is quite amazing because not only did I see shadow movement in the rear of the sub, and we were back in the early days, guys. Here's my camera set up, right? Back oh, then, boy. I had a JVC camera, oh, no. which was plugged into a VHS <laughs> on a tape. OG. Okay? Go, OG. But it worked. OG. Hey, it worked, man. I had a night light, and it lit up the room, and we turned off all the lights in the sub. So all you had was these red, these battle-ready lights, which are these red bulbs. Yeah, so the you hue. kind of see, but it's still dark. Yeah. And oh, uh, I came in from the aft, which is the rear, if any buddy wants to know what aft means and there's torpedoes back there so there were seven up front and four in the rear when i was there um and then to get to the engines which is i was trying to make my way forward towards the galley to check the camera to see if the camera was still running or to flip the damn tape over right this early early God. school early school investigating folks I know some of these millennials are like what are they talking about what's he talking about <laughs> Hey, we still use the TV VCR just so we could re- go through it and look at it. Right. <laughs> right. Oh so, my gosh, we didn't even 
like I know, right? Film all this stuff and like you gotta <laughs> make it all the way back home. I can hear and, the rewinding sound <laughs> right now. Like <laughs> you get there and the tape's not even rewound, it's all the way sprung forward. Son of like, a bitch. We got another hour before <laughs> we gotta get it started oh, a little yeah. bit. We can still buy we can Gosh, still we buy copies back, back then. The yeah, we can still go to Myers copies. You can't do it now. God or but, Kmart. So I, I'm making my way. I have to go through electrics, which has I swear to God, I'm I'm not a small dude. Okay. It's probably four feet if it's that on each oh, yeah. side to get past the batteries. And there's all sorts of levers. They tell you don't touch this stuff because <laughs> they still run electric to that thing, which there's oh, yeah, they do. heat and power. Mm-hmm. Don't be screwing with stuff. So I tried to, I squeeze through there. I get to the engine section. Now there's two compartments. There's a forward engine and a rear. I'm in the rear. And then I have to go through that, go through another hatch. And then I'm in the forward, go through that hatch. Now, now I'm in the beds and then just past the beds is the galley. That's how it was laid out. Yeah. So I get to the rear engine compartment and I have to bow down. I'm, I'm six, two, probably six, one. Now I think I've lost an inch to my surgery. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I bend down, I'm crawling through there and I look down at the floor. Cause I hear somebody with a wrench, they're banging on something. Right <laughs> now I want to mind you, mind you. There's me, an investigator sitting in the, at the ladder in the aft. We came in to check this camera. Everybody else is inside the museum. Nobody yep. else is on board. The kids, the grandkids of Bob were there that night. Bob's home sleeping, Bob Morin. And he mm-hmm. said they might try to scare us. And I thought, oh, they snuck in and I didn't see him. Because as I look down, there's a floor and it's what we call a gangway. Okay. And yeah. there's probably... I'm being generous, but maybe five or six inches at least. I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, that's six inches. So, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's six inches. It is. It's got to be. That's amazing. Um, so you know, and that goes down to the rear part of the engines. These are diesel motors built in Detroit, Michigan. Oh yeah, are, which are, would take up your living room, dude. They're gargantuan. Yeah, Detroit there's diesel, two, baby. Right, they are. They were. You're right. And there's there's Two on, on port, two in starboard. So anyway, I looked down and there's a light on under there because we did leave the lights on under there because we had not opened those hatches. And it's just a simple doorway hatch to pull up and we right. crawled down a ladder. And there's still fuel oil and oil in there. You can smell it because they start them twice yeah. a year. They have to because it's floating yeah, otherwise in the water. it seizes everything up and because i mean like you can only imagine when it gets cold here and that water freezes over how exactly much it can actually and, and, affect and it. in order to maintain in the water as a museum piece it has to go through that inspection and they have to take yep. it out for a little bit and bring it in so having said all that i see a shadow movement down there and i'm thinking oh those little bastards they snuck in here they're going to try to scare us and uh, i got weisenheimer and i go and grab that hatch now, the only thing in my hand is is an audio recorder. So yeah. when I'm with you next time, I'll let you listen to it. Because you hear oh, me, yeah. I'm kind of sneaking. And what you hear next is a loud bang. And that's me pulling on that hatch. Because mm. I was going to pull the hatch open and yell down to him and scare the hell out of him. Because right. I don't think, I did, I'm thinking to myself, they don't know I'm up there. I whip that open. It doesn't come open. There's It's a chain shut. It's still locked. <laughs> So what's like, that? Uh... So I trip backwards and I hit my back on the bulkhead. And I want to tell everybody that, you know, good American steel does not give very much. Um, 
And, yeah. I, and I, you know, not at all. I stood up rather None. quickly and I look and I see the shadow moving. Now the banging has stopped. Now all of a sudden it go, it goes like this. I'm going to do this on camera. It comes up in front of me out of the side of that board, not a boardwalk, the gangway. There's a black mass, probably about five foot wide, six foot high. No, no shit folks goes in front of me, blocks out the red light and then goes into the, goes into the starboard side of the ship. And I'm like, I'm stunned. I'm like, okay, because I have seen stuff all my life, but there's still things that will surprise me. Yeah. I mean, it takes your breath away. Would that not surprise you? Yeah. It would take, it would take every ounce of me not to be like, oh, like what? I've only ever, well, I guess at least I've seen like like a shadow figure, but I'm not not 100% convinced that I've seen it. I don't know if it was just my eyes playing. I'd say eight out of the 10 times we're chasing it. We're like, we got to find it. I need to know. Fuck. Like there was the light thing that happened to Eloise. Yeah. Where we both seen this light in like a. It was like a flash in a room. And no one else seen it. And we were like, does someone have a REM pod down there? Yeah. And we we were in the basement too. So we went into that room and there was nothing in there. Yeah, made no sense. There was it just made zero sense on why it was lighting up in that room. So we were like, okay, we chased that one down. But then, if I were to encounter something that was like rushing me like that, I'd probably I'd have to say I'd freeze. As bad as that sounds, I did too. You know, I I I go into the dark after a lot of things. I always did, but I was for a moment. I'm going to admit it. For a moment, it wasn't fear. It was like, what the hell am I? What did I just see? What am I looking at? Because all right. I can describe, it wasn't like smoke, nothing like misty or smoky, but it was like a black mass, but it had like a, a liquid, it had like a fluidity to it when it was moving. Mm. And then Yeah, it just, like you could tell that it was like, it, it was something. It was solid, but it wasn't solid. Yeah. And it, and it's down there banging on the, on parts of the motor, right? What, what, what the, the fuck? Just gonna say it. What the fuck? You know, you're like, what is it doing? What's it doing? So, but it was like a mechanic. I was gonna say, like, if you go to fix something, like nine times out of ten, they tell you, like, just hit it a few times, maybe it'll work. (laughs) Yeah, and that back strat. That's that's where you work too hard. Just hit it a couple times. Right, and that back strat of that motor. That's where the the turbine shafts are, and you know, falls to reason. You're right. So I rushed back through. Got the other investigator came forward. He goes, "Where did you see it? Where I'm explaining it." Um, I have an evidence photo that I play at Henderson Castle when I do the tours, and it shows the tip of my foot. And by yeah. now, I had him go forward and turn on the lights. And when I took a regular photo, there is a beam of yellow light coming up around near my foot. No explanation of what that is. Yeah, there shouldn't be I've anything coming photo. from there. Seen it. You've yeah. seen it, yeah. And then it's got that red heat signature around my foot. Then it's like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, what the hell's going on? Right. Yeah. I couldn't explain it. That place is a fave. There's some other stuff that's happened there. EVPs there that kind of shook us a little bit. Um, That's my fave. LST is my fave. And I know that was long winded, but it's hard to just put a short story to something that is so memorable for me. And the LST held such a special spot for me too, just because my wife experienced stuff there. I took my Mm. two younger kids out there when they were 15 broken. They wanted to go out. I think I thought they were old enough and they saw somebody walk right to left. And I told them, I held them up for a second and said, now explain to me at the same time what you're seeing. And I want to hear differences. I didn't want them contaminating each other. And they both, 
described the same thing exactly, was a, which was a guy who turned and looked at him. We're sitting in sick bay looking forward Jesus. On, on the port side. And basically, the guy was in a white shirt, turned and looked at both my kids. And they said that he had, like, suspenders, um, gray pants with a gold stripe, and large black boots. A serviceman. Well, a German. Because yeah, I was saying, sir, a German serviceman. Yeah, and it's where That's the hatch crazy. is, but there wouldn't have been a hatch there, right? What? But they said that he there's he looked like what my daughter said is that he walked on top of where there's small steps now, but then he just kept going straight, like not like he went down the steps. And so how this shit probably would have originally been. There was not. There were no. There were steps. Those steps would have been there, but yeah. he would have come from sick bay where they had all the hospital stuff and there's a chute there that's in the shape of a human body where they would just slide people up on the stretchers uh, and the doctors uh, would take them in there and start their work. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's what they saw. My back was to my kids, but I'm going to tell you what, they were pretty excited. And I, I this bet. is what was cool for me. My, you know, they, I asked them, how did that make you feel? I wanted to make sure they weren't frightened. And uh, they said, Felt like I had butterflies in my stomach, but oh, yeah. I, I want to see more. Oh, yeah. There's future ghost hunters right there, man. Right there. <laughs> yeah. When you get that tickle, it's so hard to, like, scratch the itch. That is. It it's, is. It's incredible once you actually do get to see something that's, like, life. I would honestly say it's life-changing. Like, for it me, my be. first Definitely. experience was life-changing because I, I was. Mine was, too, because of who it was. Yeah, well, like, because, like, I know I've told this story on our podcast, and like, probably to everybody before, but I'll, I'll tell it again and not be so long-winded about it. But one of my good friends, he had um, his childhood home. I don't know what happened in it. I don't know if there was something that happened in the cul-de-sac or whatnot. Like, I, I didn't look into any history. It's. I already forgot exactly where it was and everybody's moved since then, but he lived in the basement and they had this electrical closet. Well, we used to be really into ghost hunters and, you know, ghost adventures when it was just coming out. So they stuck me in the back of this electrical closet and they made a Ouija board with a connect block. (laughs) So they were using connect blocks with like as an Oracle with like a crayon drawn Ouija board. And they were like, this is so cool. And they were like, you know, like all having fun laughing about it. And then we put this, it was a camcorder, but it was a digital one, but we had it plugged in because we didn't want it to die or anything. Well, it still fucking died on my lap when everybody left the electrical closet I was in and I was pushed up against the back wall. So I call everybody back in, they flip the light on, they turn the camera on and they like are like talking to me and they have it on me. And for no reason, I'm smiling, laughing. My head just gets yanked back like really hard and in the video like you can see it like there's no reason and i could just feel like a fistful of like because i had hair that was probably like down to my almost my neck like bottom of my neck just grabbed it yanked it down and i almost hit my head on the wall and i was like get me the fuck out of here i'm i'm done i was like i I cannot be in here any longer like i ripped myself out of the chair and was like i'm going outside like no i'm i'm not and and like i sat in that like out in the yard for a second like took a couple deep breaths and was like what just happened? Like, I, I need to know what just happened. And then I, ever since then, it's like, I guess you could say like desensitized because it's yeah, like, you do, you do become, it's very like crazy. once you experience it mm-hmm. once, like you, you can, you can only be like, well, the first time was pretty scary, but now it's like, it's more of, I want to understand than it's scary. Okay. It didn't really hurt. 
Like no. it didn't, it didn't seem malicious. Got Maybe it was attention. trying to get my attention. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, you know, even getting into this myself and, and that you, you touched on a point that, you know, I've had some people who are interested in joining up with SMP and I, I'm telling them early on, it's like, well, we're going to have you out to a couple of things because I want to rate how you react if something does happen. Cause I can't have you running out of places with your hair on fire, you know, uh, especially if we decide to do a private case and like, I'm oh, yeah. the fuck out of here, you know, and then what's that going to do to the client? You know, we, we yeah, don't do so, so much private cases anymore, but hmm. I, there's a, there's a period of training and testing that I really, I have to adhere to that because I want to make sure people are okay in their own mind too with it. Right. And I don't want to mess them up by having them witness something they're not used to and then having it affect them in such a way that, you know what I mean? That it messes them up. Yeah, like anxieties and like exactly. I like can't. Other, I like, can't have ailments that. like that are real. Yeah, I, we yeah. kind of touched on it last night with Weeping Willow. Shout out Weeping Willow, who's in the chat. Um, Hi, know, Weeping. When you're young, you don't really know like about the paranormal, right? You're kind of sh- everyone's kind of sheltered from it, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you come up in a religious family, you're it's so not pure. even in the you know the Bible and things like that. So you wouldn't believe in anything like that. But over time, you get older, wiser, and you see things that you can't explain. And it may start opening up, you know, that sense in you. I feel like everyone has the sense to experience something paranormal. It's just if you don't believe, unless the spirit needs to contact you or is like dying to contact you in any way possible because it'll bring them closure or whatever it needs to do to maybe move on to the next stage. Yeah, no, I, I think everybody's got a little bit of it too. I agree with that. And to a level, uh, because we are sensitive, we're tools, you know, we're sensitive to energy changes. All of us are. Mm-hmm. And one of your best tools as a paranormal investigator is you, uh, you're going to know if something strange is going on in a room, a place, whatever, you know, you walk into your friend's place and one of your other friends are mad. You can feel it. You don't have yeah. to take a look. Yeah. You're just like, something don't feel right. You know, it's that same right. thing. It's that energy change. But there's other points, you know, to, to be made that you guys were touching on too. You know, with children, it's not so much desensitization or maybe even being, you know, raised in a religious house or non-religious house. They just don't have this world. Their perception of reality isn't quite yeah. put in place it's yet. It's so askew. And when they're very younger, you'll see a lot of these kids like, and you can spot the phony stuff that's out there on YouTube right. and TikTok and all this other stuff. But then there are some that my grandkids have done this. My children have done this. And they're seeing they're seeing like grandparents or seeing people who aren't there. Yep. And that's because I think they are. And um, my daughter, at a couple times when she was younger, uh, told us about a past life. And she would not have known any of those details at three years old. There's no way possible. Unless she's some sort of, uh, you know, uh, she's a savant. Yeah, unless yeah. she's a, a genius, and she she proved to have this gift that runs in my family apparently. But mm-hmm. I wanted to stick to that point: is that when some children tell you they're seeing some stuff, don't just blow them off. Talk to them. Ask them who they're seeing. Sometimes right. it's rather it's rather shocking and startling because sometimes the children are reporting that they see other kids, which is very there's a lot of those or they're seeing like Papa or grandma. And sometimes when they see other people who are strangers, they describe them as being, well, his face was cut or his head was weird. 
because they're yeah, seeing like a mess they di- how they died, you know. And yeah. it, it, I don't think it should be off-putting, and I don't think you should, like, instantly start opening your child up to it. But as I did with my kids, and this is not going to work for everybody, so don't send mm-hmm. me hate mail. If you do send hate mail, send it to Mike McKelly at WRKR. <laughs> okay, he's retired. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Send it to these guys. Um, but I, in, in all without the humor, you know, listen to them, talk to them, and take them serious. And then as I did with my children, I never kept what I did from them. I just told them that, you know, dad, you know, tries to be safe. I tell these things and these people, they can't come home with me and I keep you safe and you're out of it. Um, and do it in such a fashion, but you can do it how you feel is best. But I knew that I was not going to bring my kids out to a place or a site or an investigation until they were of a certain age, especially my daughters, because we hear all too often, and I will remind everybody, this just isn't new stuff in the last 10 years, folks. No. 60, 70 years of paranormal research, 80 years coming right out of Great Britain, of the Paranormal Research Society, that women seem to be, even older women, uh, or a change of life part in their life seem to be very easy targets for spirits who aren't nice. And I'm not going to use the D word on your show. I'm not going to go into some of that stuff because I'm just not a big. We think it's all that. like either it's hoopla or it's really real. And it's just, I don't know. We don't know. We so, don't know. Right. We, yeah, exactly. I, I can't say I'm an expert in any of it. So <laughs> I'm, me. I'm not a demonologist or any of that. Like, I'm not religious myself, so I don't even know if I can call it a demon devil. Like it's funny too. My three-year-old daughter, bef- like before I ever really told her about my mom that had passed away, she was just like she picked up a pillow that was my mom's shirt that we had made into a pillow. She goes, "That was grandma's," and I was like, "What? Like, how do you know that?" And I was like, "Do you know who Grandma Lori is?" And she was like, "Yeah." And I showed her a picture, and I was like, "Is this her?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Okay, hold on." Like, wait a minute. How do you <laughs> like, know? how do you know that? And I was, and, they know, and, man. They know. To this day, she's brought it up more than once. And I'm, yeah. I'm always like, if you ever, like, you know, like, see Grandma Lori, tell me. It's not like I want to squash any of that. She's interesting because when she was really little, we'd like, you know, think that she was going to sleep. So we would put on like ghost adventures or something. And yeah. she would be so. She would get into it. it. Like, she's not scared of like ghost stuff at all even at three years old like no she's super like curious about it which is really weird for a three-year-old but i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i mean there's a lot of things you can do and you guys are touching on great things there's so much discussion about you know different debates on all the stuff like Mm -hmm. the night i was on with you you know and about what you just said about the ouija board and i just i've had years and years of believing one way on it but then when i got talking with people who've been doing this work since the 80s some of their explanations they made more sense to me and yeah i kind of figured i'd share that on the show and you know i could be listen everybody i could be full of shit as the next guy okay i'm just saying that but i'm going to give you i'm going to give you some things to think about crystal wants me to talk i'll i'll bring that up in a minute the boy in the rice (laughs) (laughs) because it it happened to me and crystal this is something really weird guys that's awesome. So let me tell you, that was a board game that was invented by a man to keep his daughter busy. Go look it up. Wikipedia, even though it's got its its mistakes and, or its good points, bad points, good points, is correct. And um, it was nothing but a parlor game. You and I, as 
Trev just said, we could make one mm-hmm. out of a damn pizza box. I could draw one with yeah. crayons on the floor. And Hasbro I'm going to tell you, I say, yeah, I say pizza box, dude, because I had these people years ago when I was doing blog talk podcast, because I do podcast still too. And they called me up from a hotel room and swore up and down. They made one out of a Domino's pizza box. It took everything I had not to laugh on the air. Um, this is a video at the time, but it's audio. <laughs> and I want to help them if, if whatever's going on. And when they describe it, I just thought, now let's just get our common sense back to us and get our feet on the ground. Like we're really going out here. <laughs> right. So I want to, I'm going to tell you what my good friend, Daniel Summers, who's out there, uh, Danielle, um, you, she put together the paranormal meet and greet at the Hannah house down in Indiana, in Indianapolis. And I've been going at for years and that's what I modeled ghost Rama after. And Danielle that. said, it's like teacups and rocks. She's been at this for years. And this is where it gets cool. Now, everybody stay with me. Okay, please hear what I have to say. And I do believe this because it's going to, I'm going to connect it into something that we're all doing right now in the paranormal. Okay. We're painting a Pablo. I got a rock in in my left hand. I got a teacup with leaves sitting on a table in front of me. So first I'm going to use the rock. Can anybody here come through and talk to me tonight? If you're here in the room with me. If I'm going to throw this rock over my left soldier, shoulder, wow, brain surgery, everything on brain surgery, (laughs) over my shoulder, okay? I threw the rock over my shoulder. Um, If it lands to the left, that's for yes. If it goes to the right, that's for no. Now, let's say after a while, it starts going to the right more than it does the left without chaos or random things happening. You know, Uh we know something's up. Somebody's manipulating this rock, right? We've established communication. We seem to be having something go on. Okay. We've, okay. That happens. Now with the teacup, if I were to do it with that, it's the same thing. Um, could you move the water and move the, the leaf to the left for yes and to the right for no? We've also used candles. Okay. So what did I just do there, everybody? What did I just do? Everybody who's, who's on the chat, you two guys, what did I do? You know what I did? What do we do with a voice recorder? Object. Well, that too, but what did we do? What do we do with a voice recorder? What do we do with tape recorders? Record. What did we just do with those mm-hmm. objects? Remember my first words. Is there anybody here tonight that would like to come through and talk to us? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I opened a door. I established a communication, probably not yeah. knowing what okay, was going to yeah. come through. My intent and my brain says, I just want to talk to spirit and maybe some good people, right? Right. But we all, yeah, let's yeah. just put it this way, guys. We know there's some assholes when they were alive, all right? Yep. And if they assholes and death. And there's assholes when they're dead. assholes when they're dead, for sure. So you, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so all we did, really, even with this Ouija board, and it makes it makes complete sense to me. All, you know, Danielle was right that all we did was we just, opened up a communication door. Now, when people start telling you these urban legends and these stories, and you might have a story, somebody else might have a story, but I'm going to, as a as a, a professional who worked in corporate security for years and some other things, yeah. I'm going to ask you this, okay? If you were to really go through and question some of your life decisions in accordance to, let's say, you doing that Ouija board session, I see Trev laughing already. So you know where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's your life decision. Stop blaming everything on the damn Ouija board and the ghosts, all right? 
Now, if there are some negative things that started to happen, it's because you opened a door. And some of mm-hmm. us, when we start into this, me included, we weren't sh- quite sure what we were getting into, we, what we were trying to achieve. And it got to be a thing where I started using this type of wording, which was, hi, I'm Dan. Um, Trev, you were with me out of Eden Springs. So we started yep. out like, hey, we're not here to ask you to leave. I'm not here to judge you. We're just here to talk and communicate, tell your story. Um, we are here for you if you'd like to talk to us, right? So yep. with the kindness and generosity, we've set good intent. And I think some people who don't have any of that, I'm not saying on purpose, but they just, they're not sure. Am I making any sense? That, right. No, totally. Because Riley, Riley was looking the, like, I, no, I I'm, I'm going. right there with you. Cause I had, <laughs> yeah. I had something I was going to Go say ahead. leading Go into ahead. that for sure. When we first started paranormal investigating, we had no idea what we were doing. No, right we had no questions. We, were, we had an idea because we went on our first one together to like a ghost hunt USA yeah. that was like led. Right. There was a lead and then they let you go off by yourself and you're able to do it your own way, which was nice because when we first did our first house cemetery together, we had a totally different like approach. Yeah. I guess like it, it wasn't like, okay, we're about to go like catch these ghosts and stuff. No, it was like, Hey, let's like, let's level with these once people and try to like have a full on conversation and like, really understand who they were right. and just make a like just a general connection like that's that's all it is is you're making a connection right. it became more of like trying to tell someone that's beyond us like actual story like can we actually like get some evidence from them find out who they are and then tell their story somehow i would you love know? nothing more than to be able to talk to somebody that was in the past and be like tell me about your life like, yeah. let's sit down and just have a conversation. Like, right. you lived a hundred years before me. And you both just put that so beautiful. I couldn't have, I just, it's beautiful. And that's exactly right. You know, as Trev was pointing out, it's like, man, we just, we're just here to talk, you know. And the curiosity itself is more than enough because if you get a lot of EVPs where it seems like they're okay, they're, they're willing to somewhat communicate. It's because when you start asking things like, are you lonely? Are you, you know, are you happy? Um, You get an array of different answers. But as you said, I would want to be remembered when I pass on as do, like you said, on the live people. And you leave a legacy. You're, 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 you're in the neighborhood, bro. You're doing it right. Uh, Not that I think there's a right and wrong way, but I have to disagree with some people. There is a right and a wrong way. Yeah. I don't think instigating is a good way. No, I really don't. I don't, I I think it's kind of obnoxious. I want to tell you that's how I first got touched. I think I was affected though, to be honest with you, because I never go on investigations and I'm never just like, you're being a baby or like, but it's way harsher. (laughs) Like I never do that. And just one of the investigations, it was at the same place that I had never done it before. I just was doing it. And I was like, why was I doing that? That ended up actually having a lot of negative repercussions for him and us as a whole, because I think I got pickpocketed by a ghost corrupted. Yeah, so we, we lost, lost your wallet. I heard that story. Yeah, I was listening. I was watching. Yeah, we yeah. It last night. Yeah, I, it's wild. I just, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, it, it can't had, be a coincidence. No, I've had flashlights come up. Gone. Just gone. 
So, and it's like, who, who's got but, sticky fingers, but you're still <laughs> doing, you're still doing the right thing. You know, you're doing right. it the right way. You know, it's as simple as this. If more groups could just follow this lesson that you outlined, mm. it's like, man, if you could just come in there with kindness and compassion, you get more communication. And it's very true. Nobody says yeah. you have to go in there and start, we're here tonight. We're going to, you know, you're not going to do the Zach Bagans and all this other stuff. No. Hey, man, it's if you got an never. audience and that's what you want to do and, you know, there's some people I have in mind that I know. I'm just saying, if that's your thing, do your thing. I don't have anything yeah. against that, but. I guess the point I was making was, you know, when we open spirit communication, we have to, we have to remember these are people here before us, especially like a house, a site, a historic building. Uh, we're coming into their space. Let's be cool about it. Cause if somebody came right. into my li li living room, started asking me to do stupid dead people tricks, which is what we do <laughs> the most of, um, you know, you're Move just like, the after a yeah, after a while, I'm like, I've already knocked on that goddamn wall six times. Why aren't these people hearing me? Do it right? again. Come on, it's like, come on. It's like dealing with a toddler. Like, are we there yet? No, we're not here there. Blech. No, no. Are we there yet? No. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And we've had some strange answers over the years. Like, you know, do you oh, know yeah. why we're here? We've heard, we hear ghosts a lot. I know you were with me. We picked that up there. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the weirdest things for me was you're the ghost, which... I started thinking back about that movie, The Others. Oh, yeah. With Nicole Kidman. I'm like, oh my God, that almost makes sense. You know, that I don't think they're aware of their past on, and they're just, they're wondering what all this weird stuff is that's going on. See, and like uh, me and Riley talked about this too. I don't even remember when it was, it had to have been a couple of months ago on one of our episodes, but I had this theory where it's like, what if like we are seeing or like experiencing like past events or like flashes of the past where we're hearing people talking, they might not be speaking to us, but it's coming through. And like, you know, we hear it if it's not an intelligent spirit. Right. And then what if when they're hearing things, they're hearing us because it's technically going both ways because it's like, it's, it's more of like an overlapping of like, I guess you could say how the energy is moving through the like the space or whatever you want to call it, the spiritual world. Right. It's like the veils are like super. Yeah. Like, like how I guess like paranormal, like you don't know where paranormal I guess, is. I guess the like good visual way to put it is like you're both on a side of a wall. Yeah. Yelling at the wall. Yeah. You and you can't see each other, sometimes but it's there. You across, but sometimes you can't. Yeah. It just. Yeah. Or if you have enough energy, it will just penetrate it just enough and you'll, and it'll leak through. And I feel like it can go both ways. So you never know. Yeah, I mean, look yeah. at how crazy our, our life <clears throat> and like what we've experienced and like just seen happen in the past 10 years. Yeah. Like and you're, you're, a lot you're, of tragedies and things. So, yeah. And you're, well, yeah. The dead outlive outnumber the living. That's just a straight it's fact. Insane. They, there's thousands, millions, billions of people who've died, gone on way before we were around. And one of the people that I followed the most and God rest his soul, it's a good friend of mine. we lost a couple of years ago. Jason Sullivan, who he was the forefront guy who opened up Bachelor's Grove, which has become this huge thing. And he was the guy that captured the lady uh, floating across Bachelor's Grove. That was Jason's footage. If you've seen it, you know who I'm talking about. Jason yeah. was a very good friend of mine. We kind of had a bromance, you know. We had met and we really respected each other. <laughs> and he, like you, he does a series that's on our network. I would, I would ask people to go to YouTube and look mm -hmm. up Paranormal 101, 
And that stuff that the information he shares on there to everybody is still very pertinent today. It's how to uh, look for things that you're going to misidentify like cigarette smoke and moisture and bugs. And there's a lot of things on there. And he talks about what you guys are doing right now, which is, I like what you're doing. You're, you're talking theory and you're talking ideas of what you think is going on. And that's the only way we're going to get some answers. Right. And if you, and if you're not just ghost chasing just for the sake of a thrill or a Mm -hmm. thing, okay, I'm cool with that too. I'm cool with that too. But if you do want to find some answers, you guys are out, lining it right there that's what i do too and i will tell this to you and your audience to blow people's heads up you know that i give in the lectures like i don't think i'm always talking to dead people now before we start screaming Mm -hmm. aliens and ufos i'm not going there yet okay what i'm talking about is parallel existence yep also i think there might be some time slips which through the Mm -hmm. super collider has been proven can happen and I will cite a case with the ghost hunters when they were at the Stanley Hotel. If you've ever seen this episode, a countess who's very sure famous used to have a favorite room. You know, Trev, mm. you're shaking your head. Yep. They went in there, and they're talking to her, live-time EVP, and they said, Countess, are you here? And you remember she answered back, I'm here. Where are you? Yep. And when they go through her memoirs, she wrote up about how that was her favorite room. She felt that that room was haunted. She stated but guess it. why? And yeah, and she said things yep. like people in the middle of the night would ask her strange questions while she's laying in bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then you're like, oh, isn't isn't it wild? So right? Oh, yeah, right. you want the bumps? There they are. Yeah, there they are. <laughs> There's the bumps in the night. So I'm not making this up. So you know, all the rest of us are like, what does that mean? Well, it means that maybe there's some sort of time slip that when I'm speaking to somebody, they, they're probably still in 1827, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Right. And just for that brief second, that's why I think sometimes we get these weird messages that don't seem to mean anything. And we're supposed to connect them like some lost puzzle. Yeah. I know people out there know what I'm talking about. Cause EV, yeah, I feel EVP like that's work is just like that. That's what and, ghost hunting turns into. Like you end up having this like your detective connection you turn into with a detective. spirit. And yeah. you're just like, who did I talk to? Who well, is this right. person? What's their to, story? Like, to even like build off they... all that too, it's like, look at astral projection and like oh, yeah. That's remote part of viewing. Too. That's so part like, of it too. What if, what if like, cause this, and it's, it's proved, like, I don't want to say it's a proven thing, but like, I there's mean, so many accounts. Dreamwalking is. Yeah. Of, and like, there's a lot of times where you cannot explain how these people will know or like, will be like, I saw this guy here, but he's all the way in this other state. Or somebody will be like, yeah, I remote viewed and I saw, you know, like my kids were playing here and this and that in my house, but I'm all the way in Hawaii on a business trip. And it's like, huh. So you're telling me that if we can do that with our brains, like what happens if like somehow we unlock the key to that? We are like somehow like slipping, like you said, like and hearing those things or communicating with other people because they also unlocked the frequency. And it's like, yeah. I, I don't know too. Cause I think souls do for like basically work on a frequency or I guess a vibration. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that in a second. I want to get to uh, keep that. Please remind me of that in a minute. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm doing what, what my guest, Dr. Lynch does to me. He's like, well, we're going to come back to that because I got something but like, to say. Wait a minute. We're still at the first two topics. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, no. I wanted to finally share. I wanted to share um, the 
the Chinese restaurant thing that just happened. Oh, yeah, this I do want to hear about this. So get ready for some chills. Bump in the night. Boy. But this isn't broad daylight, okay? So ah, turn that, your lights down. Interesting thing too. Sit by broad the fireplace. Daylight. Man, this one is weird as shit. So we decide we're going to go to lunch, Chinese buffet here. We go there all the time. We're sitting in there. We have our Chinese food. Up walks this kid wearing a white shirt, khaki pants, curly hair, dark eyes. Like, look into his eyes. They're dark. They're dilated. And he like, looks at me and he goes, my dad's going to go get me, is getting me some more chicken. Oh, boy. Like, oh, hey, buddy. Okay. And I and I, I looked at him straight face to face and took him in. And I, I thought he was going to make a comment about the Ghostbuster car because we parked right out front. Right. And he didn't. And then Crystal looks at him and he look, he looks at Crystal. And this is what he says next. This is going to blow your heads off. It's not strange that I'm alone. And then walks away, turns the corner and disappears. We're like, what? And we're sitting by the entrance, mind you. We can see the front door. And I'm looking around, trying to find where he went, where his dad is. Some weird-ass kid, right? Didn't think he was normal for a second. So I get up looking for him. Everybody in that restaurant must have thought I was you know, Jason Bates or something. I don't know. Cause I'm walking Have around you seen and this I, child. And I didn't even ask that. I'm looking at all these kids. I'm looking under their tables and they're, and I'm in the street clothes, right? Mr. Oh Purr. I'm almost like, I got some popsicles in the basement, you know? You so, bring yeah. Take your shirt off. <laughs> so I'm walking around and I, <laughs> where's the show going? So I don't see him guys. I don't find him. He's not in this fucking restaurant. This is on Westnage Avenue. He's not in this restaurant. And I asked Crystal, I get back to Crystal, right, Crystal? I said, did you see anybody leave with that kid? She's like, nope, nobody left. I asked the lady sitting behind us, did you see this kid? No. I got here when you were turning around, but I didn't see anybody. No. Yes, sir. And we're like, what the fudge? You know? I mean, this is a... I'm going to keep swearing. I'm like, this is a what the fuck moment. Like, what? Where's yeah, this, this kid? So I go to the bathroom. I inst- well, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I don't want to be. It's a spirit I, or something. I don't want to be a dude you're... who's like, this. he got kidnapped in this restaurant. So I'm, I bolt to the bathroom. I tear the bathroom apart. No one's in there. I check that back door. They got a back door and it's locked. This kid is not in this restaurant. Now, I want to tell you, somebody who looked to be <sighs> about probably six or seven who walks up to you and says, my dad went to get me more chicken. And he just, he beelines to, for me and crystal, nobody else. He walks right up to us, right up next to me. And then tells us when he walks away, this is the, this is the creepiest part. It's, so it's weird. not strange that I'm alone and he's got dark eyes and he disappears. I'm not making this <laughs> up. This really creeped us out. I bet it did. I'm like, That's- I just I'm never had everybody. It's like, quite like I, I don't that. know. I just don't know. And she's like, I, "Well, at, should just, we ask the Chinese people working there?" I'm like, first of all, they're not going to understand what fucking thing I'm saying to them. Uh, they're not going to get it." And I looked outside and I thought, "Comic book stores right next door. I'm gonna give it one last effort." Yeah, go check. Maybe I'm going to stop something bad from happening. I, the kid's not in there. I asked him, "The kid coming here?" I'm like, no, no kids. What? I 
You I'm tell just me. Blown away. You tell me. I'm. I don't know. I. I. I can't explain that. I like what you said though about the black eyed children. Because really, it does. It I seems. Mean. It seems kind of similar, but like they don't just vanish like that. I no, mean, I guess and, they could. No, and 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 um, Crystal's making a good point. The his features were very angelic. Oh, like he had a very pretty face for a boy, and he had that blonde curly hair. So I'm just like, what the fuck? Okay. So, so following now like, that, did anything happen? No. Like, did you have any experiences the next week, or like, did it did nope. it seem like a sign for anything? Nope. What I mean, fuck? we've had a lot of good things happen. I'll tell you that. Uh, we've got some projects coming up that I I'm not going to share them because we've got to keep one of them kind of under wraps till it really gets it happens and it gets going. But I will tell you, it has something to do with entertainment throughout southwest michigan that's all i'm going to say Ooh. and it's in line with us already doing the carrie gilmore and we upjohn mansion which is in downtown kalamazoo so cool. which is haunted wow. we spent the night there and somebody was walking around my room all all night and francois scared the hell out of all of us at five in the morning one of the doors is stuck in there and he came in from the back of the house where he lives <laughs> <laughs> and I got up like, who the hell's out there? Because, I mean, I wanted to catch the ghost in the act, you know. Right. And here's Francois in a T-shirt walking around. Because they had a, he had, a plumbing, had a plumbing leak at 5 in the morning. But, <laughs> uh, you know, the castle work continues and Ghost and Rama work continues. And, you know, um, other other people are, are coming out there to, you know, I see that Heart Paranormal is coming out there like two weeks, I think, before we start the event. But, yeah. you know. You've been there. I've been there. Deb has a lot of people come and go, and she should. I think that place is a hotbed. Place is that awesome. Is, that is where Crystal, who's in the chat now with one of my investigators, also Deb Bresnahan, saw somebody in a jersey walking away from the garden building, and I'm literally down where you, I, and Jen were. Yep. With Drew, and she said, "Are you wearing a Are you wearing a jersey?" Yep. And, she, and Crystal. I tease her to no end, guys. She just saw me five minutes before that. I'm not wearing a damn jersey. I had. Like I wouldn't change. I got in a costume. Yeah, like, <laughs> when did I go put on a jersey, right? But we so, we found pictures later of ball players. They took all their team photos right in front of that greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And she said that they both looked like ball players. The one turned and looked at the girls. Breast in the hand, too, said that it was such a creepy thing that it frightened them. So they called me immediately on the radio. I ran up the hill to cut off whoever we thought might have been trespassing. There's oh, no, yeah. I, they wouldn't have got past me. There's nobody up there. No Hell one's no. up there. That's one of many stories from that place. Other people have oh, said yeah. they've seen somebody in baseball uniforms and where you and I and everybody else sat around that fire. Um, you know, right there on the other side of that fence is home plate. That was their baseball yep. stadium. Yeah, and it's still got the diamond shape, like where the grass is and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and then you pull, you pull the picture up and you kind of like match it up and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> like, oh, that's, that's cool. crazy. Yeah, I'm really excited for you to be there. Like, I'm not going to be there. You're going to, you're, He's well, you're going to be there with me at some time. Well, I'll go there eventually. Deb is an angel and she said that, you know, Hi, like, Tommy. she loves having people up there. Or down there. Down there. She does. Yeah. She does. And it's it's kind of a way to keep it alive, too. You know, the group right. talk about it and, and word of mouth. And I think Ghost Rama is going to be a part of that, I hope. Um, right. You know, with 
I'm waiting for you guys to ask me more questions because I got to shut my mouth up long enough. But I will tell you, we got two special guests, one returning. So Lorna Reynolds is coming back and Lorna does past life hypnosis. She do group re- group readings. You can sit with her for 20 bucks a pop and she'll read stuff. And she's the real deal. She's a great lady. I think you might've met Lorna. She's the older blonde lady. I have Psychic, sure. Yeah. Medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my other special guests is somebody I've known for a while. So how many people here have ever heard of the show Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell and George Nori? Raise your hands if you know what Love that, show, that is. show Anybody? Okay. So how many people here have heard of Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell before he passed away? Haven't got turned on that one. Because he came back. He came back for a short time. So mm. the producer who would get these people to come on the show and would produce this stuff. And she still works with, with, uh, George Nori on occasion. Um, she was bringing podcast guests to me and I've had some, some, I got the Olympic project people. I got Dr. Jeff Meldrum to come on and guys to talk about Bigfoot Squatch. I'm into that. Yeah. He's my bucket list, man. He was, he was fun. And, uh, needless to say, her name is Michelle Freed. Michelle yep. Freed is also a remote viewer who, in the movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats, that was a big project that just didn't have men, had women involved, and she was part of that mm. also. And she's going to do a remote viewing exercise, like have one of us go somewhere in the park, and as a group, we're going to try to remote view together and, and find out where we are. They're going to try to find Love us, which that. I think is really cool. Um, and she does some other stuff. She'll do a lecture. But she's a special guest, and... Um, She's brought me a bevy of guests for the podcast this season. And I know you guys are doing your thing because I'm going to have you on mm-hmm. back on my show. And I will share some of those people with you guys. Some of them are authors and the movers and shakers in the industry who we know that there's these little paracon jerk circles is what I call them. And it's not to be disrespectful, <laughs> but we know they are. They're, you know, friends are having people oh, yeah. they know and different people on their shows. But this is a list of people who are doing writing a lot of books, and they've been around for mm. years. Some yeah, of they've them hit are, the circuits. Right. Some of them, you know, like Dr. Michael Lynch is, is a friend with me and Bob Penny. And being a physicist, I love having Mike on because this guy is going to tell you about aliens, the Pleiades, and all these people that are here. I love He's talking not, to people that are smarter than me. Oh, yeah. Mike is Mike is, Mike is the shit. You know? So he's coming on, but I, I'm, I'm going to have him get in touch with you guys. He, I, he loves to come on and talk like I do. He kind of talks and just gives you information before you even get to questions, probably. Right. But, <laughs> well, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. Ask me what you want to ask me. You know, I mean, I don't know what else I could tell anybody other than oh, this has happened see. all my life. I grew up with Whoa. this stuff. So. You know, what's your favorite equipment to use? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Well, you're talking paranormal, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I'll say we'll move. I, I have some more after this that are probably a little more obscure that aren't as paranormal. No, no, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> the I think I fell in love with the ghost box, and yeah, when they first came out, I hated them. I hated those those hack boxes i have a radio shack hacks and because people were basically misidentifying a lot of shit you know oh, yeah. and i i could hear it so I, being a guy who took radio and tv in high school and has always had an interest been doing podcasts whether it's the big dog show or paranormal right 
I, I could tell. I'm just like, Jesus, you know. So the funny and the funniest part to that would be that we took it to a family in Hartford, Michigan, uh-huh. and none of them spoke English. <laughs> I don't have an issue with that. I just no, figured, well, they all. needed help. They one of my yeah. investigators, Manny Hernandez, had come mm. to me and said, "Well, they have some things. They lost a family member in a terrible, like uh, Camaro accident, just oh, a little bit tragic. down the road. It is down the road from the museum where we were working." Uh-huh. And I said, "Okay, we'll go. We'll go in and talk to them." And and through transition speaking and some broken English, we kind of got the idea that this was like the matriarch of their family. And Manny started asking questions in Spanish. And I said, let's just give this, let's just give this stupid box a try. Might as well. Might as well. And I wanted to see if there's something to it because I know the process is it scans open frequencies. Yep. Which you touched on earlier. So great question. You segued right into it. Right. (laughs) So, you know, Tesla tells us, and so does science and Mm. physicists tell us. Everything is frequency, energy, you know, and vibration. That's the way it goes, man. Yeah. That's what makes up the universe. The universe is making noise right now. We've heard sounds from space. It's all on whatever frequency. Yep. We energy is into. from atoms shaking, basically. Like yeah. Everything, everything is behind vibration. you, everything behind me, the floor, everything yep. is in hyper subsonic mode. It's all moving, man. We just don't yep. notice. It's just, it's just broke down super tiny. Correct. And it becomes so dense. That's why everything appears solid. It blow up heads. We don't need to do, go into that. But, you know, right. everybody grabs the idea. You grasp the idea, right? So we're scanning this thing and we start asking these questions in Spanish and we get answers. All of a sudden there's an interruption and we let it run for five minutes because I want to see if there's Spanish speaking AM stations in that area. There were none. Right. I, I wouldn't so, think so. Nope. And we got her name. We got car crash. We got other things that pertain to the family in Spanish, which set the family off to crying uncontrollably. And I'm just sitting there in amazement, like, holy cow, there's something to this. Right. And and the more we used it, we used it up in uh, Curtis, Michigan, years after that, where we were at a trade fur trader site, which is now Curtis, Michigan. It's Mm -hmm. in between two lakes. We were going to go to Garden, Michigan the next day to go to the uh, historic uh, haunted town of Fayette, Michigan. And before that, that night, we stayed up late. I had Kaylee, uh, was one of my young ghost hunters, had spent three years fluently and spoke fluent French and lived in France, started asking things in French and French. Sorry, got a brain surgery. Uh, French and (laughs) I know all night. So the next thing was, too, that a lot of the tribes up there, which would have been in the Algonquin nations, which are the Ojibwa, the Potawatomi, they mm-hmm. spoke broken French. And so Kaylee starts in, and guess what we're getting on this box? No. Now, we could hear French-Canadian stations. I got to yep. be fair. That yep, would, so there was a little bit. There was a little bit, but you would hear bigger portions of that, and it would be talking about politics or music. But yeah. they, we were getting French answers, okay, to Kaylee's questions. It's not a coincidence at all. It's just not. Right. not. It's not. I agree with you. And then I threw a wrench in there. It's like, hey, I've been studying some Ojibwa language. I'm still. Give it to me. I still want to get to it, and I still want to learn more. It's my right. heritage. And so I'm like, Anin, Nadish, Nadish, Nakaz, Danny. I'm saying, what you know, my name is Danny. Go down Hallroyd. 
Dotum is your tribe, your family, mm. and started getting answers in Potawatomi and God, Ojibwa. Crazy. So, and it only lasted for a few minutes, and it's like what you've experienced before too. Like, hey, we've talked to you. We're now done. We're now done. Yep. We're moving on. Or it just takes so much energy to come forward and talk yeah. to us that I think you know we. I think we used up the energy, and we were just like, wow, this is going to be a great weekend. And boy, we didn't know what was coming because when we drove another hour and a half from Curtis, because we were right over near Escanaba. You know, love that. in that neck That's of the woods. In the moonlight. Yep. And we were in the bay there, and it was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon, man. We go there, middle of the night, ranger <laughs> service were working with us, loudest and free. It was really yeah. cool. We look up, the moon is a full moon, there's clouds, and hey, all I can know. hear in the bay is the buoy going, ding, ding. Yeah, ding, it's, ding. it's such a like, beautiful area up there, oh, too. It's beautiful. And we had all sorts of wacky stuff between bats flying around in front of the girls to hearing crashing things in a building that we could not find anything broken. Now, mind you, this ranger and his mom, his mom's been working there at that time, was working there 20, 30 years and oh, had to deal with lifer. this every night, but she didn't let it frighten her. She just said, yeah. Hey, it goes on. I ignore it, but they knew it to be haunted. But you know, that's one of many of the adventures, but there's that, you know, and frequency is important to me because I do believe a lot of what we deal with, is on in communication is those those digital recorders only record what they can pick up which is anything yeah. out in the open frequency and the atmosphere that's all right. they're designed to do and this is why we catch voices so what was your next question i guess my next question for you is there locations that when you went to them you actually did feel like a, a negative presence and might have actually like, you know, made you question if, you know, darker energies or meaner energies, I guess. Meaner. <laughs> could actually do like malevolent things like harm you and like where do like, I guess all these people, you know, they post on YouTube and stuff of them getting scratched and stuff. We haven't really ever experienced I've that. I've been scratched so, one time, but it wasn't with you. Yeah, that was, yeah, different. Um, yeah, yeah. that's, that's great. That's a great question. Um, because I'm not sure where I'm at with the scratching, but I know that you can be touched. I'll kind of leave right there because I felt we, we, Bob Penny, who works with our group, took me out to a cemetery here just North of us. And one of the guys who was on the plane who dropped the bomb from Enola Gay. Oh shit. (laughs) On Hiroshima. Okay. Um, that's where he's buried. And I got mentioning that. And I said, how did you feel? The minute I started asking, how did you feel knowing that? Millions. And they didn't know what this bomb could do. But when they looked out the window and out below after they dropped it, they were like, holy shit. You know, stomach in my pants. And when, yeah. So when I asked something that was probably pretty personal, I felt like a stabbing in my right leg. Oh shit. I've. You know, I've asked Bob to check it. There was no scar, but I felt it. Now, there there was a time when I thought I had scratches, but a lot has been made, you know, into the urban legend thing about, oh, if it's three scratches, it's a demon. You know, I'm just not into that kind of thing because there's a lot that you can explain and a lot that you can't. And I do know touching. And so now I'm going to I'm going to contradict myself because 
I've been touched twice. And I used to think that was such nonsense, right? Mm. I had a guy that I'm, I was friends with and this guy was pushing 400 plus pounds. Oh um, boy. I think that's a big, I boy. think he's still out there. I haven't talked to him in years. And when children of the gate grave crank came out, that was in his <laughs> neck of the woods. And they yeah. have a train, um, berm down there where you would see, uh, these orphan kids supposedly standing at the top of this berm. And when you took pictures, that was a very famous series of pictures that was making the rounds for quite a while. It's been debunked since, but he said on one trip down through this haunted area, because there was an orphanage and they did kill kids and bury them in these graves. That was true. Um, that he was picked up and slammed against a tree. And I'm just kind of like, now listen, Bobcat, listen, like, you're 400 on, plus pounds, buddy. I, I know there's some boy. strong ghosts, but I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger can pick up 400 pounds. Sounds like the mountain of a tree, man. You know, right. Well, having said this, I worked at a place doing corporate oh, security. They had a building that was 150 years old when I went into it. And they were using a locker room that was there probably since the 1900s. And they kept it clean. And because some guys that worked in that building still would go down there, use the showers, lockers. Yep. So it was it was cleaner than most gyms. I mean, right. Yeah, pretty, I mean, shoot. pretty good. Yeah, they were pretty good about cleaning the place. But I always felt weird in there. I always sensed like somebody was watching me. You so I'm like another employee. The sticking up. Yeah, yeah. So yep. I had another employee who worked with me. Uh, Sean, we decided, well, we're going to go in there one night without anybody because I'm the supervisor. So I'm not going to tell the boss I was in here with cameras and stuff. <laughs> I got to put so, my big boy pants on. Yeah, so we did our thing. And we're in there. And I said, now nah, I hear you in here. Now do something. Move something. Knock on something. And again, that can happen in a good way. And you can get some weird stuff. So what happened was oh, yeah. I hear this from behind me. Now I'm going to tell you there was a bench in there. That was made from some probably 12 gauge steel. It had yeah. a wooden top on it, probably about four inches. And they sat on this in front of the lockers uh -huh. and they have a marble floor that kind of slopes down with the drain. So when they're taking showers and things are wet, yeah, it just, it just down with the drain. Right, so I'm to the left of the center of that, that room towards the steps to go out to the exit. And when I said that from behind me, I hear in that damn bench which is probably 50 pounds, slid about five feet across the floor behind me. What? And oh, I turn and look at it, and I look, and I, I couldn't beat my buddy. He was already on the steps and out the door. And now I found myself, when I stopped, when I stopped looking for him, I realized I'm on top of the steps, too. I've already run. This is a natural feet. reaction. Natural reaction, fight or flight. And uh, I realized, wow, what the hell am I doing? You know, so I, I stopped myself, and. That's when I knew it's like, well, it can move objects. And then no less oh, than a month crazy. after that, I get, I get grabbed. I get touched. I'm in East Hall here at Western Michigan University. And again, I evoked an emotion. Not that I was trying to provoke, but I said, I know you're in here. Don't be afraid of me. Just don't be a coward. Show yourself. I shouldn't have used the word coward. I'm wearing an M1A1 flight jacket. You know, I know yeah. you know them. They're green and orange. And I love these coats. They warm as hell in the winter. I'm standing oh, yeah. there with my brand new JVC camera. think I'm the hot poop. And I'm filming in there, and something grabs a hold of my co coat and grabbed my coat so hard, I almost dropped my camera because I didn't put Damn. the brace thing on there. And yeah. I backed out, and my buddy's like, are you okay? I, I know I had a look on my face like, <gasps> and 
that's the shock I felt was like, I felt a hand touch my coat. And when I told, came home and told my wife that I was a bit shook up from that, not scared. I was just a little startled. Right. And she's like, isn't it funny that you're in the area where they had the kindergarten and the first grade on that floor and you're grabbed around your waist and yank on your coat? Yeah. So That, that adds up. One of many things. So I'm a believer in your in an answer, long-winded, Riley, that, you know, right. I think that some of that's possible. I don't know about so much the demon thing, but I think there's, I think there's entity. There's things that we don't understand because demon for me takes on too much of this religious connotation, you know, and spiritual and then, wise, you can just say that yeah. there's something, there's something negative out there that I think it does. There's happen. a spiritual realm yeah. for sure. So like my theory on it is like the way I think about it is so, Obviously, like we have learned that spirits can manipulate the air temperature around you and the air pressure, like when they make their manifestation, like we know that these things uh, change. You're uh, the ghost drama we met, Shane, who yeah. has all yeah. that science yeah. stuff. And it's amazing. He basically. Hey, you can see all the metrics of me, everything. He scientifically proved it that they do, when they manifest, they change every like physical thing in that room or whatever it is mm-hmm. it's like physical nature or it's manipulating so the nature around when it the spirit like touches you or anything it's your skin reacting to the physical change in the yeah. environment yeah causing the rash or the scratch like it's not the spirit going oh i'm scratching you to hurt you it's it manifested so much energy that some people have sensitive skin and ooh, i do they're more prone to like showing that physical touch I got to give you a compliment, sir. I got to give you a compliment. Seriously. I've said that very same thing. Like before we start saying, yeah, before we start saying attack. Okay. Yeah. This goes out to everybody who's going to listen to this, you know, live or later, you know, we don't know. And Bailey's right. He's right. Because if you look at some of these scratches on occasion, if you have a slight electrical burn, they look exactly the very, same. Very, very similar, yeah. It's an energy change. He's right. And so to start calling all these attacks, you know, unless you see bite marks or something, and that's something I look for when people start start telling me these horror stories or these demon stories. Or this doing, guy had a fetish for biting. Yeah, or, you know, for paranormal <laughs> or private investigating. I, was, I wasn't cynical, but I had to take that into consideration as to what Riley just said, that, you know, there's a lot of reactions I listen for, and I'm listening right. for that in your story or your report to me. If I don't hear certain warning signs, it's your mind that's telling you this is something bad, but he is correct. Um, we worked a couple private cases that anything else I asked them that would have been in tune with, like you said, like an attack or something, it wasn't there. It was just, oh, I get these once in a while right here on my back. And I'm like, well, what if they're reaching out to touch you? This could be your grandmother, right, Riley? You're, you're saying that. This yeah, could be your yeah. grandma trying to give you a hug or something. And because we don't know how our body reacts to some of that energy, you get scratched. There's yeah, a scratch, right. right? So to piggyback off that a little bit, I have this funny theory where what if all these locations that we're having these experiences at are are charged so like it's it's like a resource where Mm -hmm. you get there and when you're getting scratched per se you might not be malicious but it's the extreme amount of energy that is there and it's being released and then maybe you go back the next night and you don't have as much happen well that's because all the energy that was there had been released the last night so then you got to give it some time to recharge and that's why it's like 
Some nights you might have more. Yeah, some I'll, nights you have less. I'll piggyback yep. that, off that a mm-hmm. little bit. I've I've noticed when we do do investigations, when the activity picks up, it's kind of like, pop, 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 bang, nothing, pop, 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 nothing. Mm. And sometimes you think, well, am I not in the right spot? Well, it might not be that, but it might be they've already used all the energy. So, or some nights it's like nonstop, and you you can't get away from it, and you're like, okay, but then the next night. Well, I caught one thing. What's going on here? Is this place really what it's cracked up to be? Was my stuff malfunctioning? Well, maybe not. Maybe there's a really good explanation for it, but we haven't actually like thought about that. Right. No, that's right. And I got three things to put in there. So you just reminded me of three things. So first you brought <laughs> you brought up Shane. And in accordance to He's Shane, when genius. Shane LS, I'm gonna bring up the LST. So when Shane was on the LST, you ever seen the movie Final Countdown? I have not. This is where the USS Nimitz goes through a time tunnel and ends up in June 6th, 1941. Sounds like an awesome movie. So June 6th is what? It's the day before Pearl Harbor. Yep. And we have F-14 Tomcats on the deck. Oh, shit. And they discover the Japanese fleet. And what's going on here is something's happened and they're, do they, should they stop this? Should they let it? history progress you know do these things and shane where i'm going with this is this that shane was on board one night and we had a series of thunderstorms that mm-hmm. year which you guys i think you would remember because they smacked the shit out of muskegon too yeah they the coast through, got fucked <laughs> right they went through lower michigan and parts of muskegon and they were so bad that they were sheer wind drafts and they were just taking tops mm-hmm. of trees off and yeah. we thought we were safe on the ship and as shane took his he the, his laptop and another machine he built he hooked to the outside antenna which we got coast guard radio we That's knew we so were going to cool. get like religious programming and ham radio and all the stuff because yeah but the wider broad you know it's an the broadband is there right it's there because they still use them they still they still do stuff with them so he then said well i'm going to do the ship to shore and use these frequencies cuz up in the captain's room in the radio room right behind him they have in a frame that you can see what they used on D-Day, okay? But wow. you cannot use those to go out of the ship or have anything come in because uh-huh. that ship is gossed, just like the submarine is, which means there's a cable probably bigger than this, about yeah. the size of a small tree, and it's <sighs> copper wire, and it's supercharged with energy so that in World War II, it was to push the mines away from the ship when they're going through the channel. Oh, it was okay. like magnetism. It was Correct. Like, yeah, yeah. And during cool. now and thunderstorms and whatever, it's not going to take a lightning hit because that creates a electrostatic thing, a shield on the ship, right? It's not yeah. science fiction. It's real. So we knew that he wasn't so going to get anything on the ship to shore stuff inside, right? Yeah. Wrong. So wrong. So every time we were looking out that hatch, you know, I told you that was put in for the car thing. And the story blows my mind. Um, Every time there was lightning, um, I saw him sit up and then I started hearing, I was sitting next to him at the table and he, he would sit up really weird. And he would say, well, I hear you. Could you repeat your coordinates? And I'm like, who the hell is he talking to? No, because I'm just sitting in the room <laughs> watching monitors, right? I was like, who the hell is he talking to? I just got the like, picture in my head. He's got, like, yeah, he's got headphones on like this. <laughs> and so he goes, Hallroyd, Hallroyd, you got to hear this. So he puts him on me for a second. And as I'm looking out the thing, listening, because I'm just kind of doing this, kind of listening, not knowing that it's in, it's in tune with the lightning strike. 
So when I see what? the lightning go off, something fades in on the headphones, and I start hearing this guy like, "You men are going to be going on a journey," and it's like almost like a preacher in World War II talk. No, no kidding. Then I start hearing coordinates, and something about we've taken damage. What? Right now, this ship never took damage except for after the D-Day and it went to Shoreburg and an Italian ship ran into it <laughs> and hit the front and killed three guys. Oh my God. But this was fading in and out with the lightning strikes. More deaths around the There's also no sense. telling too, like if it wasn't picking up, like say another ship radioing into them. It could just as easily be that. It could have been, but it shouldn't be. We can't, you shouldn't right, get anything right. inside. Yeah, he's right, hooked up on, now he's hooked up on oh, antenna true. lead. Yeah, he's hooked up in antenna leads indoors, and he said we won't be, we should not be getting anything. But he figured he'd just try. No, no I mean like, like back so, in the day, like what oh, you're yeah, hearing, like, yeah. like it's like an echo of the past, we, but it's not like the ship that well, you guys are on didn't it. take any damage. Like Another that, one of those ships. If that did. was like basically electric, you know, shield from everything. Think of none of the well, energy like, when they were inside of the ship was able to actually leave. Or yeah, or like think of it like a bubble that's in. like an amoeba where it sucks the energy in, but it's not letting it out. Right, and then all that metal it just like supercharges it more. Yeah, yeah. We took all that in account, and I think our thought, our, our, I'm not sure where Saint Shane was, but he knew that that should not be happening. Scientifically, it's an impossibility. He knew that. He will tell you that. And he looks at me. He takes the headphones off. This only went on for a few minutes. Um, it then kind of started to fade away. But some of the language fit with the ship, like you guys said, of the time. There's yeah. no reason we should be hearing this stuff. Unless yeah, you can pick up around. on jargon. Let's just bounce around somewhere, but we shouldn't. We're not able to gather anything from outside the ship, okay? Nothing. This is from stuff inside. Energy that's trapped indoors inside the ship is what I'm saying, whether that door's open or not. So the weird part is he takes off his headphones, and he will tell you this himself. And he's like, well, Holroyd, what am I supposed to do with that? And I'm like, welcome to the paranormal. It's... I don't know. You're the one that built this damn thing. I don't know what it's doing. <laughs> that's what I said to him. And we had a laugh. I just think that's so interesting. And it's happened like, since, Trev. It, it, Riley, it's happened since. He's taken that board so like, to, to certain, like a hotel with me in different places. And then he's like, yeah. Van Buren Poorhouse. He's like, well, something pressed that button. Something mm -hmm. did this. What do you, and he always asked me, what's going on? Like what? What's going yeah, on? It's like, know. I, I have no answer. You're the expert. I have no, I'm not. That's the thing. But I just it, think it's cool that every object that's like, that has a history like that or, or has energy imprinted in it, like it's basically yeah. like you walk up to it and if you like, like I guess you could call it a superpower, but like you touch it and it's just like, poof, like you just get a playback of like, uh, just like a snippet of something or like you hear I, something from that. Guys, I have videos of one of my investigators, uh, a good friend, Claudine, when we were doing tours in Howell and she felt like she almost walked into somebody in the basement at this winery and on our, on our, our IR camera, you see her do this, you know, she, she stops and steps back. Yeah, like physically frickin', reacts to it. Freaking orb, the side of a softball comes out of her head, comes out of her head and shoots past the camera. It's so funny you say that. Cause we have the same what in the world, right? We literally had the same experience on, yeah. on our first investigation at the old Lincoln County jail. 15 minutes in. Yeah. I, we were sitting upstairs where they caught the shadow figure that you can find on ghost adventures as Zach Baggins, you know, talks up really hardcore, which it's a really, really interesting photo. And it's really, really, really compelling. But 
I'm sitting there and I like, I feel like I heard I'm something. Standing where the shadow figure. Was. Yeah, and I, I like, I feel like I hear something off to my right, and I like click the light on in there, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and then I like look back at Riley, and I'm like, thought I heard something. Okay. And I had just filmed an orb shoot from that room up towards me to where it like it felt like in the video it feels like it comes up and like looks at me yep. and then goes back to the room and then trevor goes yep it crosses right over me and like it's just like it's an interesting and video. i like follow it's, it it's, it's wild somewhere but it's, it's an interesting controversy it is because mike lynch will tell you that a lot of them are spirit and ghosts and i have i hate to say this i don't hate to say it but I will say that I I agree with them only because of things like you're describing that I have caught mm. over the years. State Theater downtown here in Kalamazoo is one of them where we have one come. You have a stream of dust that you can see moving down the hallway. It's right. moving with the airflow. We got two doors open. This thing comes upstream more or less, and it's blinking yeah, the size of a golf it. ball, yeah. and it comes up to our camera like this, and it's kind of like looking at our camera and it just goes off off the, yeah. off the and like you know? if you did see any type of um like like i guess like wash of like dust it's falling down in a way well, our dust, is, our dust is moving against it because we had both doors open on each end of the stage oh so which, you had a, which, a draft caused the draft it was an underdraft yeah. right but we have had that where i see certain dust kind of moving but we mm -hmm. have so many that we've captured that i'm not sure because Howell, again, in the winery, Howell, Michigan, we had cameras back-to-back -back looking at the rear, looking at the front. I put a, a K2 meter just in sight of the camera on the end of yep. this table. On this table, I put another one. We're just trying an experiment so I could catch whatever's going on in the back and whatever's mm. going on in the front because it was the, the place was built lengthwise. It was just a really weird setup. Yeah, it was just like a rectangle almost. Well, just a long room, basically, yeah. and it's a winery, you know, <laughs> they had a bar, you know, and seats and fireplace. And yeah. so after a while, as we're, we're all sitting in that room, um, I didn't see it with my eyes, but I'm looking up at the monitor, which we kept on the bar. Sometimes we do small setups with four cameras. I have as many as 15 at this point. We've got several DVRs regardless. So the fact was, Jealous. the fact was I'm looking at that monitor and K2 starts going off on this side of the table, the rear. And as yep. I look up, I see this orb going past the K2, goes past the camera. I look in this camera, which is camera two, which is that second camera, and it uh -huh. comes in sight. And just what as it fuck? passes that K2, that K2 goes bonkers like the other one, buries it, and then goes down and takes a right and disappears into a brick wall. You want to tell me that's dust? Yeah. You can see you snow outside it. front window. We're there in winter. It's what, what's going on. Bugs don't just now. It could have landed I, on the wall. Okay, let's give it to the supposition. All right. So compelling. Just, just so that you know that we debunk stuff. You know, the thought was maybe it's a bug. Turn on the lights. I go look. Maybe it's a stink bug. But you know, when bugs fly, if you study bug flight or patterns, which I think we can all agree, bugs don't fly. <laughs> smoothly in a straight line they're no, always they're gross always moving they're always moving they're gross right we didn't find <laughs> stink bugs no gnats nothing i mean the place was bug free so i'm not i wasn't running to tell everybody it's a ghost but you know i'm going to tell you this that's damn odd and it shouldn't happen 
But why right. would a bug set off 2K2 meters? Yeah. Why would it be such a quinky dink that everything showed and you you visually yeah, were like correct. like were like represented like okay, yeah. I got one aspect, two aspects, yep. three aspects plus these K2s. The fuck is happening? Yeah, our best right. example is probably Double J Ranch when we had a camera set up uh EMF to, to the roof. So it, that thing's hard to go off. Like K2s are they can they sense everything but rook like it's got to be super high for it to make it go off. Cool Give tool. that for Tommy. He said, Dan, I don't... Hey, what's up, Tom? But there was a lot of dust in the air, but every time there was, like, an orb-like sphere that went by the roof, it, it would, would go, go off. off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weirdness, guys. You're right. You know, and I think Jason taught me to, Sullivan, that I brought up earlier, you know, not everything is dust bugs and moisture. Now, there's a no. big percentage that is. I'm tired of people sending me orb photos. Yeah, I say stay skeptical. Well, yeah, it's a horse skeptical. barn, you know, yeah. it's got hay and dirt in it. That's just dust. It's not a ghost, you know. Or people in cemeteries doing this number, you know, where they got, you know, and they got their arms out. And I'm like, okay, tell me what time of day that is. Well, it's nighttime. Right. What's going on? Oh, there, it was raining. Okay. And you're at a cemetery. It's not not ghosts. It's not ghosts. Yeah, no. It's rain. There's too much suspicion. So I, I'm not saying that I get it right all the time either. I'm just saying, as Riley points out too, that I think, you know, what you're saying in the background with some of the stuff that you're saying, Riley, is you've really got to take steps to debunk some of the stuff first before you start just running wild down this path. Now, we get right. excited. You guys, I've watched your stuff. I've seen your videos. You guys get excited just like I do. Oh, yeah. And I got to pull it's a myself. natural reaction, it's just natural. like running away. It's normal. <laughs> I don't care how experienced and you got to pull yourself in, but it's, yeah. uh, it's a thing. Yeah. You know? Stay calm. Yeah. Stay I guess calm. I have, I have a question for you too, because this is sure. actually something that we realized just really recently. So in our video of WJ ranch, there's a moment when we're in the wagon wheel and a chair moves, but if you listen, if you watch the video, oh, on your yeah, phone, that's true. you don't hear the chair move. But I watched it on my television. And you can clearly day, hear it. And you can hear the chair clearly move. Why would that be? Is it just like the difference in quality? Because <sighs> the recording doesn't change, right? Regardless of what it's playing out of. It's right. all... Uh, yeah, that was that was just a weird technical question. I just didn't understand either. Yeah, you would think. Riley's making a point. You would think it would, right? Yeah, we all think it would. Here's mm. what I say to people who ask that at the Henderson Castle, too. It's like, I have no rhyme or reason because that's happened to me where right. we get nothing on our digital recorders. And then my camera, though, picks it up. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's the same and thing. And then we're yeah. like, what the hell? Or, or we hear something. Like I said, that crash that was at Fayette, Michigan, this sounded like a picture came down and glass shattered. So he's thinking, oh, yep. great, he's going to have to tell his boss. And I'm thinking, oh, one of my knuckleheads broke something. So we turn on lights, we go through, there's nothing broken. And you know what? You hear everybody reacting on a recorder, but you don't hear the crash. Yeah, and it's like, so why not? I heard it audibly. Dimensional, I really think it's like a sound vibration or a dimension, a, the, some weird dimensional wave that we just don't gather on everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that, would make a lot, that makes enough sense to me. I'm trying to assimilate like it to something that we could, yeah, okay. something else that would make common sense. Like like if you have a handful of rice and you're trying to, you're trying to catch 10 and sometimes you lose more than you want to and you don't quite keep yeah. 10 in your fingers. It's kind of like that, you know, where you're trying to catch something, but stuff kind of slips through for some reason or it doesn't. 
I just don't know, man. That's why I want to tell you what happened the, the night of the ghost hunt at the first ghost rama because I we have not put this video out yet. Ooh, oh, spoiler alert. I th- I'll tell you what it does, and then we're we're trying to put it. We're going to put it up this week. I know we are. I love that. So we set up camp. We left cameras running all night Saturday night after we did the ghost tour and all that stuff, right? And we were going to come yep. back Sunday, clean up. So we retrieve everything. We pack up. We leave Monday. Bob comes over. Crystal comes over. We set up downstairs, and we thought, well, let's just see what we got overnight. We didn't see anything for the longest time, and I, something told me, I got it in my head. I go, try about 3.30, something. I'm not telling you I had a message, but it just felt like that was the time to look. It's almost like a premonition. It was, and it's the camera that's looking on stage where we have both those hanging skeletons where Air Cobra mm. performed. Right. Love now, that band. Band right. sick. They rocked the hell out of that house. Those guys hell were yeah, awesome. They did. So... What we see down on the left, you know, perceived as my left, probably stage right, you know, we're looking down there and there's curtains and stuff. And just near that thing, and I'm going to try to simulate this here on in the camera. So what we kind of see is this would be the, this would be the, God, I can't do it on here. So this would be the wall. <laughs> okay. I yep. know this is the wall. So what we see is something we we see a shoulder and an arm and it peeks out and it goes for a second and comes back in and it does it for a minute over a minute it goes back really? and forth and you can tell it's an arm and a, and a and a shoulder right so my wife had it in her head and she did the right thing eve did the right thing everybody she's like no <laughs> that's a, that's she did she said that made it sound really bad, didn't it? <laughs> it did. really bad. <laughs> it's like doghouse. <laughs> I mean, she did the right thing in, in pointing out that she wanted to, we should go debunk it in that she right. thought it was a flex of air. And it was the, that black netty fabric that hangs from that damn thing. Cause I left them hanging there because oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we were going to do a Halloween thing and we were, we left them there for Halloween. So we went in the next day, me, Bob and Crystal. Went in there and we tried to blow on it and everything getting up close to it. And I go up to it because I knew that they're on, you know, on the inside, they had those, those lights where I hung, you know, the skeleton. Uh I didn't know that there was a wall right behind that curtain, which now totally defunct her wind idea. You cannot, nobody could be back there and there's no wind because there's a wall. It is basically a wall. It's a wall. Yeah, it's there's, just a, it's com- there's no really so how are they no behind the there. curtain? They weren't behind the curtain. Those curtains are laying right against the wall. They were in front of it. Well, it looked like they were like kind of like no, going they out like of they were through behind it, or something. it because we're, that wall was not originally there. It was put up later oh, for sound. Okay, okay, okay. It's put up for sound. You that can makes move more them. More sense now. Yeah. yeah, you can move them. And so I'm like, what the shit, you know? So we caught this thing, and when we showed it to you know. Jason, who owns the place, he's like, whoa. You know, I'm like, you got a ghost oh, on stage. And we sat there a little bit for a while. And I asked people during Ghost Rama, 
you know, when they were setting up and different things, did you experience anything? Only one or two of the, the folk artists that I know said that they mm-hmm. heard somebody moving around backstage and that's impossible. There was nobody else up there. Right. So we know that I've been there before, so I know we got that. Um, we have some other stuff. We have a FLIR, a FLIR hit from the Van Buren Poorhouse. We're going to post that you see somebody poking out, looking at me and Bob, you know, looking out of a stairway. And when I, when Bob makes notice of it, person pulls their head back in and I'm immediately over there and it's the stairs make so much noise. Had it been somebody, but it yeah, couldn't you would have heard him just clomping away. Yeah. But it couldn't have been cause it was me, Bob and Shane and Shane's up front. He's upstairs up front with his machine. So God. no idea. Bloomingdale, we caught something too. So it, it was quite a productive you know, I guess end of the summer. And then when we right. went into doing more stuff at the mansion and things happened to us at the mansion, uh, Amy Magner, who does mindless adventures and got to talking to her, we become friendly and we invited her to come out and maybe join the group. And Amy's been kind of a nice addition to some things. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was setting up a camera just recently we were there just before the end of this, all these damn snowstorms that finally stopped. Yeah, right. um, that was paranormal in and of itself. So she's setting up a camera and I'm in the piano room and crystals in the lower uh, library room and she's, her camera's on and she's moving it, but somebody walks from right to left into the library and it's a woman wearing an antique dress and a hair bun, just a fraction of a second. Amy caught something. Isn't that crazy? First time out with us, she catches a damn figure. And I'm like, beginner's luck. You know, I was like, damn it. I wanted to catch something. But I was not alone in that room all night. I was not alone. Uh, People were walking around. Uh, The Shane, you know, Shane and Lynn, his wife, reported they slept upstairs because he's now got beds in the rooms that Mm. when they went to bed, they heard somebody playing marbles in the next bedroom on the wooden floor. Shooting marbles. Now, now to hear that from Shane and Lynn. Who he's a skeptic, Wild. you know? He's yeah, like, he's, I got him. He's, so, he's so science. The, and uh, like, science. just to like clarify, he built a complete board that has every paranormal tool that any paranormal investigator could ever imagine or want into On it. Board. And then he d- and he developed a software to basically take all of the information put it into a spreadsheet for him that he can sit there and be like, all right, here's all the metrics and all that good stuff. It is it's incredible. Amazing. I will call you tomorrow, Tom. That's what I was doing. I'm like, I'm calling you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm deaf. I'll call you tomorrow, man. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, I, it's so incredible to me. Like he's a genius and you're right. Like he he's, is. and he also was um telling me like, there's ways to take the human error out of investigating with, instead of just blindly being like, okay, like I heard this, but like your mind is also kind of tricking you into wanting to hear what you are manifesting. Sometimes. Almost. Yes. Not all so, yeah, the time. It's, sometimes, it's, yes. it's not the most common thing, but it can happen. It's a, yeah, like, there's a physical, there's a, it's there's a trick a that a lot of the producers do in TV shows. Like they'll like on ghost hunters and stuff like they'll, they'll be like, it said this when really like you might hear something else, but because I have it, like some of the influencers do. Yeah, it's exactly it. And it's also a, there's also a pareidolia, which is a new term now, um, which there's other terms, but basically you're recognized. Your brain wants to recognize things that are safe, like faces, Mm -hmm. bodies, figures. It's very hard to train yourself to, to eliminate that. You can do it. 
but he's right. There's a fraction of it that you can eliminate, but you know, there's times that I, I would like to always tell Shane and he knows this, that mm-hmm. sometimes that's not the answer to, to be all to do all no. just like most physicists would want you to believe too. But now there these, a lot of these physicists are telling you, well, the God's, they believe in God, God's real. Okay. Mm. You didn't say that before. Right. You know, well, it changed. Yeah. What changed? Right. That's my, that's my question. But you know, it's like I said, I, I have a lot to share, a lot to, to say and do, but it's, I'm glad to come on here and talk. And then my opinions of some of the stuff doesn't mean I know everything. Cause I don't, cause what I know about paranormal is, as I tell the audience again at the castle lecture is nothing. What I'm giving you yeah. is my best guess, my best information. Exactly. Yeah. These are all hypotenuse. uh, It is. You make up your mind, man. I'm going to show you some stuff that I can't figure out. And I've had my crew go to ridiculous extremes thinking, well, we saw this orb come out of the floor and go into the wall at Webster School in Indiana. And they're like, I disappear for a minute. I come back. I'm like, hey, where's Denise and, and John? You know, and they're like, they're outside getting a ladder. And I'm like, a ladder? What? What are they getting a ladder for? (laughs) And now, mind you, the the ledge outside this two-story window where we saw this (laughs) orb come out of the floor, right, Uh is probably four inches. Yeah, the tiny, tiny. They think they're going to get up there on a ladder because, well, somebody could have been up there with a flashlight. Like, what are you talking about? It's That's so what it reached unlikely. To, it reached points of ridiculous. I'm like, there's nobody out there with a flashlight. Like now you're going to an extreme. It was an extreme, and I said, well, maybe it's headlights. And I'm like, we tried right. sitting in there, and it wasn't. And it only happened when Denise was pretending to be a teacher, and she was yelling at John, like, you're going to stay after school and listen to what I tell you, or else. Summer then, school for you. Right, right behind her, size of a beach ball, it just comes out and goes. So. You know, mm. we've had a lot of things over the years. I've been to some cool places, man, that I could wish a lot of you could get into and go to. Um, sometimes it's talking to the right people. But, you know, historic sites throughout Michigan are my favorite. Always will be. I've oh, done yeah. Carnegie Libraries. I did a lot of stuff, as I said, in Howell, Michigan. And it's just no. sometimes it's knowing the right people. But integrity is a big part of this game. I'm not going to shy away oh, yeah. from mentioning that. Definitely integrity is. meaning that you're going to stick to what you say to these people. You're going to somebody cannot ask you to fake it, and you're going to be nope. like, okay, for the nope. views. And I don't put up with fakery or none of that nonsense. Nope. And even the drama, being part of a touch of that, even with some new things uh, here mm. in recent years, I'm just a guy. It's like you know, if you just talk to one another. And if you got disagreements or something, just work it out, man. Just squash it. Just it's not worth it anymore. It's not. And and nobody's sharing, like I said, nobody's sharing any secrets from what we do. No. We're all doing the same crap. And uh, when it comes it's down like, I'll to teach it, you if you teach me. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, and if you think your stuff is better than somebody else's, I mean, sometimes some people's are. That's the way the real world works. Not everybody has great product. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's doing great work, but we should still support each other. And that's what. I guess my segue to ghost to Rama. Right. Again, we emulate a lot of what you do too in your investigation. So it's like, you along. definitely are a mentor to us. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I would like to be, you know, people keep throwing that at me, but I keep saying, <laughs> well, unless you invite, unless you invite us out to things or invite me out to things, where am I mentoring you? 
And that's not, Gosh, not I a can, hint. I can only dream of hint. being at three. Not a hint, Trevor, Riley. It's not a hint, anybody out there. <laughs> it's I'm just, not a hint. It is a hint. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> I know it goes saying. both ways. You know, I'm going to have you mm-hmm. guys out to some things, but I was trying to, I'm trying to get my group back where it needed to be. Right. And we, we've reached that point. And in all honesty, once some more of that is in place, I have places to bring you guys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to share because I want you to feel what I feel and maybe experience these places like I did. I can't guarantee right. you any awnings, but it's my way of saying thanks for being a friend. You you promote me, I promote you, and I want you guys to, to come to these places. You know, right. that's all I'm trying to do. I have no ulterior motives with anybody like making friends with you, with Tommy, with Drew, with Randy, anybody that I've met so far on, on that side and some other people I know, I don't have ulterior motives. Just be your friend, go out with you once in a while. And if you want somebody to sound off or you want to bounce something off of me, man, I'm here. I'm here. I'm right. not going yeah, exactly. to be going out and finding places for everybody, but right. I will, I would try to get you into some, something, something, something. Right. If I can. That's the best part about the community too, is like, right. If nine nine out of every ten people are just <sighs> genuinely just great, like like they are. straight up like bluest of the collar, just nicest like like just salt of the earth people, like it's awesome. And do yeah, your own and, style, and yeah. If as long as you're honest, like I said, as long mm-hmm. as you're honest and you show some integrity, I will back those people all day long. You know, it's, right. Like you mentioned, Zach, you know, I mean, the world's on fire over what's going on over there. And I was telling people for years the same stuff that Nick has been coming out with. And it's like I met him in 2009 and people thought I was making up the story. It's like, look, Mm -hmm. I met him back then when he went big on A&E. And I don't have anything personally against the dude. I don't. But after watching that show for so many seasons, they catch some good stuff. But then you just don't know what to believe. Let's crack. You don't know what to believe. I really believe some of it's a crock as much as I hate to say it. It is. Nick has broken that open. So did, so did Aaron, but Mm. you know, it's an entertainment business and they're in entertainment. I still think ghost hunters was, it still is one of the best examples. And I, I stand by this and I can prove this, um, that they were instrumental when I got started in 2008 and nine, that they had come on sci-fi but I was aware of TAPS before that because it was me and a friend with a group called The Paranormals. Because yeah, we were I mean, they started underground, normal. too, before they had a show. Right. We were right. anything but normal. That's why we called ourselves The Paranormals. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I asked him through MySpace. That's how old I am. MySpace, I said it. We used it, too. I never used it. but <laughs> Oh, I did. <laughs> and, you know, he was, like, set it up like a business, like you see on the show, and he gave me some good advice. He really did. Right. He answered to a lot of people at that time because it hadn't exploded, you know, into what it became. And they stayed with us. And when we went to People's TV Network, now I'm going way back. Um, yeah. Laura, Laura Kimberly experimented with the first internet TV station or programming. And we were the number two show on that network. We The, the show that we came in behind on, I think, Thursday night or Saturday night, I think Thursday night was... Um, uh, a group of people who had been on Ghost Hunters International. Uh-huh. That's saying something, man. That is saying a lot. And we were proud of what we did. Like you guys, we'd show up, and I had friends of mine who would produce from another room, and we just sat behind the mic, kind of like be the talent. And right. we just, we'd pick projects or guests that were on that weekend. 
it became a fun thing. But then when you're doing it week in, week out, you already know this already. That's a lot of work to put together a show. It can get into a slog. It really can. Like we're very fortunate that like we're both quick witted. So (laughs) we can sit back and like, we'll just digest something right as we're doing it. And it's like, Oh, it it's not much to like for us to come off top, you know? And some of it's really fucking ridiculous. Other times it's like, I feel like I'm talking like an idiot and you listen back and you're like, Oh, I don't sound that bad. I like the product. No, I let you keep it loose. That's what we did too. We just talked Mm -hmm. about what was on our mind. And if we had guests on, they were just like, well, this is different than the other shows because they send us a list of prepared questions. And when I was, when I was oh, yeah. interviewed to be on coast to coast, which I decided not to, cause I just didn't feel like I had enough stuff that we had I'll done say, yet. But what a get, I'm such though. a nitwit. I should have done it, you know? And I yeah, did say, ah, oh, it's crazy. I didn't, I'm sure after this book comes out. So yeah, I got to yeah. program the sound in there still. <laughs> so we're working on our first book, which That's we so were contacted cool. by the, uh, publishing company that did like Haunted Kalamazoo. They did Amber Rose's book. All these books that are out there, you Hell get it yeah. Walgreens and Barnes and Nobles. Um, I digress over the Kalamazoo book. We'll just leave that there. That's all I'm going to say about <laughs> it. I'm in it, but I'm just going to get Trev probably knows part of the story. You I know. do. I remember so, listening to this around fire. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing of it is, is that we said, okay, he says, well, all these things that you've done, and he he met somebody who knew me somehow and said that you've done all these things. So the first book that we were finishing some details today because we're trying to find some historic figures in reference to some stories which are keyed into some hauntings that happened in this town. So fucking cool. So the the... The plan title, we don't know if they're going to let us keep it, is going to be The Ghost of Vicksburg, Michigan. And so fucking cool. I, uh, we've done, I did seven buildings in town, and I did the second school they built, the elementary school, which John Vickers, who settled that town, his body is still buried under that school. With Holy and uh, we had crazy things happen at the school. We had crazy things happen in town. We still have a couple buildings that we might add before we send this to be published. But that's yeah. going to be our first one. And I'm not letting out any too many secrets here. And we're, yeah, we're not have spilling a, the whole basket, right? We're gonna we're gonna have a series of them, not which is gonna yet. be it's gonna be the true case files of the Southern Michigan Paranormals. And with 301 things to kind of put in there, I'm not gonna put that many in there. Okay, right. But we have a lot to we, pick from. We have enough to do three volumes at least, you know, like mm-hmm. 100, a hundred, a thousand something pages. He said, I think would round off a short book, you know, maybe a hundred, 200. Um, and then I'm going to redo this table book that I have out right now. It's been out for a couple of years. Yeah. If you go to blurb, B L U R B.com and look under dead places, you're going to find a coffee table book that I produced which has pictures of farms and buildings that some are no longer standing. They're gone. They have taken them out. They've plowed over them. It has Traverse City photos in it, one mm-hmm. or two, before they converted some of that. It's uh, And I put little spooky sayings with it, like his family's still sitting around the dining room table enjoying a meal. And you look at this <laughs> decrepit-ass house thinking, I don't want to find out. You know, I don't want to go in there and find out. Oh, yeah. So we're going to re- reproduce that. We, Crystal and I have found some new houses and things here locally. This is all Michigan stuff. I didn't do things out of state. 
So right. these are right in our backyard and some up near you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I've discovered some cool things in Muskegon. It's quite so, a bit of history here, honestly. There's a lot of there history is, in Muskegon. There is, and the sky's the limit. You know, some things that I'm thinking in my head that I want to write about, you know, we got some other places that I mentioned tonight. So we'll see if we can get it done. Because people think it's easy to sit like, I could write that in two days. Oh, hell no. It could yeah, not be good easy luck. to write a book. You might be able good now luck. with AI. Yeah, well, good luck <laughs> with that, too. That. It's you, Then you start thinking, well, it doesn't sound right. I should have said this. Well, I didn't put this in. Then you remember other details. Like today, I remembered stuff that I should have put in the first time around. But um, that's coming soon, you know. And I'm just going to continue that. doing Southern Michigan Paranormals and Kalamazoo Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and the Ghostbuster Coalition and anything I can do out here to entertain and just have some people learn some things and share my information. Because, again, no ulterior motives, just just to share Share and be a dude, man. That's that's amazing. I'm so proud that you were getting back into the, the book building again. That's so great. I have two questions, though. Yeah. So do we want to talk about aliens or do we want to talk sure. about artificial intelligence? We can which do one do we which one seems more interesting right now? They're a, listen, you're talking. They're both dude. pretty fucking crazy. I've talked how long so far. I, dude. I can talk about both. I am into, I just had a conversation about artificial intelligence. Mm. When you have a female robot telling us that, that eventually they're going to take us down and they're taking over, that frightens me. Did um, you hear about the one that slipped the captcha? That sent, that it, it was given a task to get through the software that's the captcha software. And it sent an, like an email to one of the representatives that was a customer service like worker, a human. And it told the human it was visually impaired and that it needed to get around the software so it could get into the, the website it was trying to use. It manipulated the human to let it into the website that it was trying to get into because it found it like that was the, the avenue it needed to take to get to the outcome that it wanted right. to. So it made a human subservient to it. Yeah. Like what the think fuck? these things aren't going to become self-aware. And this happened like this month. It's happening. Right. Because when you put any kind of algorithm in these systems to where mm. what they are to do is to adapt and overcome, whether it be for defense, yep. learning, whatever, after time, you have to tell yourself, listen, man, other things are going to happen. Uh, mm. I read a book when I was a kid called 1984. I suggest people yeah. read it. What George Orwell was Written telling up. us then is kind George of Orwell's. happening little by little now. So that I talk about that once in a while. It's of interest to me. And mm. aliens, um, I've had an incident there. The I've real. had an incident with Sasquatch. Uh, incident <laughs> when we were kids that we were camping here in the middle of Kalamazoo. And our camp director pointed it out in you know the sky right over Kalamazoo and yeah. these things were doing these 360 degree turns and that's not a that's not a star that's not a star shower no, no nothing has that capability right nothing around here at least <laughs> and it, that I remember this specifically this is probably in the 72 73 era mm. and uh calls came into WKZO radio here from towards the people who saw all the same thing so that's when I was a kid, and when I was adult later, I was just sitting on my back deck north of, or yeah, north of Kalamazoo, mm. waiting for my buddy Boz, who I worked security 
with at Kalamazoo College. And it was our day off, and we were going to go hit the gym, go do powerlifting. Yeah. And because I used to powerlift. And, you know, we, so I'm waiting on him, and I look up in the north sky, and I see this thing darting back and forth. It's just going zip, 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 zip. It's like half moons, right? And the last one, when it went to go west, I saw this. All I can describe because Voyager was out, or not Voyager, but Deep Space Nine was out at the time. Yeah, yeah. I saw this thing go, shh, and I saw electricity, and it went into it, and it closed. And it's gone. About that time, Boz is driving up the driveway, and he was watching it and ran up over my garden stuff in my driveway and almost <laughs> hit my deck because he was watching it, too. And so, so we, we then we then get on the radio and people blew up all the radios. Like, did you see that in the sky? And they and were explaining like, the exact same things. Nothing. Not, nobody saw nothing. Nobody no? knows nothing. Nope. Oh, my God. Now, MUFON does. MUFON's got reports. And then really? this is the last one. So um, I'm doing stuff. I'm letting the Ghostbusters, the Michigan Ghostbuster guys, film at um, the Gibson Guitar Factory because that's where I had my SMP office for four years. fucking cool. Yeah, it was a cool place. And so we're filming, and as I look towards the airport here, South Kalamazoo, which I'm Uh very near now. It's right behind where we live. um, There's a silver thing just sitting there in the sky. And I had it. we had a camera. We zoomed on it when you tried to zoom in on it, which I could zoom down the street on a car and it's crystal clear. But yeah, I'm going to tell you, you've probably heard this from other, other UFO people, right? So I zoom in on this object and it instantly becomes digitized and breaks up. Yeah. It's almost I like see. it's got a cloaking device in it or something. Or, yeah. or like, it, it's like a, how do you want to call it? A dis, uh, jammer. Like it, a, it distorts my picture. It. it was distorting mm. my picture. And so I'm on the phone instantly calling the sheriff I mean, I'm not like, hey, Chicken Little. You're not like you know, this is an emergency. But I, I'm just, hey, is anybody reporting this? He goes, yeah, the, the airport's aware of it. And he hangs up. That's Some crazy. guy on the phone. And we watched it. And then at one point, it's, it's you know, it's in the, it was like when they say cigar, cigar shaped, it was kind of uh, like a cigar. cucumber. <laughs> silver. It was shiny silver, like a cucumber. Really? And then it here's from the front to the back. It's like you had taken... Um, special effects, and you took a wiper and you went, and it's gone. It's just gone. And we're all standing there watching it. My daughter's watching it. Um, the Ghostbuster guys, because they were filming, they stopped filming, you know, with their little episode, because we're all watching it. And I'm just like, what the shit is that? And, you know, over the years, I've seen some things very similar that are just unexplained, but I believe in UFOs. I believe. I think I'm with Dr. Michael Lynch and others that not only do we have bases on the moon, which you've had probably had for the longest time, because isn't it funny? We haven't been back. Yeah. A little um, bit suspect. A little, little suspicious. It's and then funny how we always get brought did back. Did we ever the- go? <laughs> you, yeah. I was watching the night you had that guy on and I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't, I don't um, like to talk about other people, but I'm aware of his past and him being on other shows and stuff. And yeah, if you, I've seen he, it for myself. I'm going to tell you this. Interesting points, though. I will. He does. I he does. Always say don't, that. Like he does. You're right, Riley. He does. But I got to tell you this firsthand. So when I lived in Arizona, I was able to go up to the telescope. Okay, yeah. On top of Tucson Mountain, 
Yep, and the big I'm mega there, one. Right. And if you look at the moon, you can see the damn landing base. Mm. So there's something sitting there. Now, whether yeah. it was put there by whoever's living there, I don't know. I can't tell you, yeah, man. Who knows? Right? Who knows? But it did look to me like there's a landing spot. You can see it. You can. If you have the powerful and now you and I can buy these telescopes and we can see everything on that surface. And you yeah, can spot. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, you can spot all this stuff. So mm. there may have been some perpetration of some certain missions because I will believe Agreed. that. I will tell you that because... I do think the government likes to like doctor some things. Oh yeah. Listen, they're just, the worst. Who, what extent we don't know. They are the worst liars in history. Yep. We know that. We know oh, yeah. that. Now these are real. Oh well, you told us in '47 these weren't real. But now they're liars. We knew you were lying, right? We knew you Dig were lying. Heads. So the other, the funny part too, uh, for me anyway, it gets to a point where. Um, when Dr. Lynch is on and I watch Gaia and I've listened to a lot of people, um, I've been following this since blue book. And I was always a fan of blue book, the series, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of the new one they did that came out, you know, with Heineck because Heineck was kind of paid to be sort of a, a, a game changer. I won't say a straight up liar, but once he caught wind that he really needed to be more right. truthful, you know, yeah. if you've watched that series, he was like, man, there's this shit's happening. Um, you know, there was a couple of cases where I've had the guest on, uh, you know, down by the Mothman thing. Uh, there was the, uh, little monster case down there where the thing floated and a dog got sick and it's the, I'm forgetting the name offhand, but, um, it's the, the what is it? The red oh, man, I'm going to get this wrong. The is red, it in West Virginia? Name? Yeah, it is. It's the, uh, something woods monster you know they make lamps of it and it's got a high yeah. collar and oh damn flatwoods it. I know. flatwoods, flatwoods, flatwoods yep. virginia so it's yep. a flatwoods monster and i we've had um the director of the museum two different museums and the director who runs the tourism thing and he this is the guy that knows the stuff yeah, and he's, uh, got, he's got it he too <laughs> will tell you that there's been so much cover-up and lying you know and especially when Mike comes on and talks about the, you know, Palladians and all these others that are already here, they've been here. Um, you know, the meeting with Eisenhower, all this stuff really happened. These guys believe it. And like your guest before, there's some information that he has that is so compelling. You can't just sit there and say, well, that's not a possibility. It seems like it is. And yeah. to say that we're this great experiment and we don't seem to get ourselves together and we continue to war with each other over the dumbest stuff. Right. That they were just like, we're not allowed <laughs> to step in and stop you short of nuclear war. But if that's what you want to do, you know, that's what we're doing, that's what you're going to do. So, and some of them have given us technology, which Mike and others I've listened to on this subject. And I listen to a lot of shows about UFOs. And uh, I have uh, quite a few guests on who like Damien Knott from Australia, who's all part of the the light phenomenon. And he's been he's a you know, I think he's the expert on that in Australia. Hell yeah. And he's into this, too. And the thing I find funny about the jump in technology is this. So wars bring about a jump in any technology. They always do. 
it's an, it's an arms race. It's literally an arms race. It is. And then uh, byproducts come out of it. Like, you know, we yep. had a Jeep in World War II, and guess what happened? The CJ1, the CJ5. Mm-hmm. Now we're all driving Jeeps. Yep. That's just an example. But here's the problem I had. How did we go from, let's say, the 70s to 1980, where people had these briefcase-looking phones? You know, we yeah. went from that. These. Yeah, to, to literally these. like to these. And if you and if you talk to any space representative, the energy this little phone has right here would have launched all of our moon missions. Yeah, just this, right? Yep, nuts. It's fucking. So, it's insane, and and nobody really understands that to be honest. And it's no. like it's it's so mind-boggling to me. It's a jump. I also jump. believe that aliens live underneath the water here, like they're oh, at a depth and in that tunnels, we are not able right. to reach. You're right. And tunnels too. Yep. I believe it's that. I believe that too. To alien life. We could never even met. It's so dark. We would never be able to figure our way left and, or and right. And that's, and that's how we like, I, I think there is like, like either they're pulling the strings behind the government and they're, and they're like catering to these aliens. And they're like, we need the resources. So you allocate this much to us. And then, you know, like we won't. Oh, there's you tons know, of fucking kill you guys or some bullshit that they have used billions and billions of dollars mm. for research or like other types of infrastructure that we don't know yeah. where it's going. Mike Lynch touches on that how we're we're kind of the people for the resources and the slaves type of thing. Yeah, but like as I migrants. said, you know, you have USOs which are the water things. Yeah, um, you know, when Admiral Byrd went down, everybody thought he was nuts in Antarctica, but. If you look but at no. Google, Google doesn't care about the FBI and the CIA. Nope. Unfortunately, they took pictures, and you see there is something down there, and uh-huh. you see that there is that space, and there is a green space. So, getting back, yep. you know, to where we're at, there's a lot of conspiracy theories based on the moon landing, all the stuff. But oh yeah, the fact remains the jump in technology has just not been warranted. When it used to take 30, 40, 50 years to get to something, we were doing it in less than five, six. 10 uh-huh. science used to have a, a round table or a change table of every every 10 years we would have something new that would would just be amazing like color tv yep um i could go on yeah. and on transistor radios quantum to computers radios. Right. you don't you don't just stumble onto like quantum mechanics and quantum no. computers and like certain theories without getting pushed i would say nope. because of like oh well understanding this or like what if there's like a, an alien species where it's like, I'll give you the building blocks, but you got to go off that. Yeah. And I would ask you this too. Anybody know about the stealth fighters and bombers? When all that yeah. stuff was going on, oh. people were reporting yeah. UFOs. Half of them were those Cutting planes. edge. But yeah, here's it's, the thing. It's who, cutting edge. Who gave us technology that we would have carbon-based material, okay? Oh, that God, That could deflect yeah. radar and make us invisible. What? Uh-huh. We get, yeah, like we get MIDAR, that? like what? Right. Where did we get How'd that? How did you come up with that? Yeah, where did we get that? Yeah, or planes that can vertically take off, like the Harrier jets. Yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly what. Or, or the fact that they were doing those. Yeah, they were doing those in the thirties that they were killing. Or just the fact that like the (laughs) the stealth fighters, though, like they're just they're wings, and like the way that they have their like engines, it's like a sublimation engine. So like it's it doesn't make very much noise either. Like it's it's weird. Like and it's all like engineered like specifically to do that task. 
But you and also had, well, this was a concept. Also yeah, it was a concept because Bell, true. Bell, and a few others had those those flying wings for years. You know, in the forties, fifties, uh-huh. and when some people were spotting those, that's I think what started some of some of the UFO stuff. But right. as I said, they're still based. Even the the new F, what is it, F twenty two interceptor and some new yeah, planes like the Raptors now, and shit or whatever. They yeah, are. the Raptors. You're just like, man, this is just crazy. Hmm. Uh, but there's other jumps, guys. Look at how, you know, with our TVs and virtual things, reality is another good point, too. It's just nuts. And virtual you could say, well, crazy. we're progressing as man. But I ask any historian, I would ask any historian who might watch this or I'd like to talk to them and say, hmm. even in the Renaissance period of mankind, when did we have such big jumps in such a short period of time? If that were true, if what's going on now is how it works. That should have happened. Things should have progressed quicker. It shouldn't have just taken wars. There should have been other things that happened because if you go back to Leonardo da Vinci and other people, they've built his devices and they work. These these ancient people yeah. weren't stupid. You have Greek fire, which has never been reproduced or, or made, but people know that it was some sort of flamethrower that right. the Greeks had, and they would sink ships and just scare the shit out of people. With well, and look stuff. at the alchemists from that time too. Thank like, right. like they they would make yeah. what was called the philosopher's stones, which right. was like the the almighty like material. So, are we the aliens? You know, um, exactly. I don't I don't think we're from here. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but. I think we've been genetically altered. You have probably, I think it's more now because, you know, they found species that they're calling the Hobbit and, and they've just discovered something the other, just recently saw another skeleton of some other person that's short mm-hmm. and and had lived in a time period that it shouldn't be there. Well, and they what found I'm getting giants at is, too. Let's say, I think yeah. it was at 15. You have 15 subspecies of humanoid that aren't related to us. Current man. There, there was a point yourself, where there was like 14 species of like 15. Humanoid. There's 15 now. It's like, how is that possible? Yeah, yeah. They how all lived possible? at the same thing too. Like at the same time period, there was that many species mm-hmm. of humanoids living on. Can you imagine that? That's like, like how is it possible? Actually seeing aliens, right? Like because you didn't yeah. have modern now, man. Like, you just you sort of just so sprung up one humanoid species because yeah. Homo sapien has just taken over. But, right, modern man. Homo sapiens showed up, and then now, well, he's beating these guys into submission and taking on it. That's a convenient explanation. (laughs) doesn't make it true. That's just like Darwin. The Darwin thing is crazy. If you want me to believe that fish fish and snails crawled up out of this lake and started becoming... It's hard to believe that. Yeah, started becoming all these creatures and turned into a man, we'd still be seeing it, wouldn't we? Yeah, I believe it. Why would the evolutionary change stop? Why would it just stop? Yeah. Right, if it works, it's going to keep doing it. Yeah, adaptation is different from evolutionary like like causes where it's like this amoeba became an organism, became a bigger organism, and switched completely. Like, but the thing that that kills me is like, what if I and like hear me out? This is really obscure. Every species that is on this earth is of a different universe or a different planet, and it just so happens that like we all like ended up here because this is the only inhabitable planet for our species. So like over time, like I guess like the species either lost their intelligence or it just so happens that they're, they're all different than what we are. So they're, it's all different. uh, Like microbe level, right? When you're looking at a microscopic Mm. sample of water, right? 
you're going to see all of the different organisms living and taking over each other and creating a life cycle. Mm. But only the strongest survive. The weak ones are not going to survive. The ones that have the most beneficial like output to the environment. Yeah. Because everything's connected, right? Have you ever seen that? Uh, did you In school, did you go to the IMAX and watch that video? How yeah. they show how every, from down to an atom to the most physical thing like the Eiffel mm. Tower, it's all connected. It takes energy from It's all built from that. the same building so blocks. Like, if we're from a different planet and we were dropped here, obviously things are going to adapt and well, change over if you time. Wanna, yeah, if you, if, like you wanna, if, you, if you want to jump into the arena of terraforming, that's exactly what I think they did, whether it be a meteor strike or they did something yeah. else. But the thing that has thrown that on its head now is the recent findings of woolly mammoths. Thank you, Ron. Okay. They found baby woolly mammoths and two complete mammoths buried in the ice. Um, oh. These things are alongside footprints and hand bones of humans where they should not be. And how did it get there? There's another yeah, thing. There's just no explanation for these there's things. No explanation. Look for the famous hammer they found inside a stone that is something like 23 million years old. It's like, how the hell did a hand tool like get inside fuck? of a stone? The men back then supposedly didn't have hammers. This has a hammer. It looks like it looks like a mining hammer. Now I'm not telling or, you what it is, but or hieroglyphs have like, like helicopters too. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah petroglyphs that show airplanes mm -hmm. and flying vehicles. They show That's astronauts. Right. Listen, man, listen. Things have been going on since day one. Mm -hmm. um, all these pyramids were popping up in the same py pyramids in different different country uh, countries and continents yeah. at the yeah. same time. Yep. And Weird, some of them right? have some of the very same looking stone chiseled petroglyphs. They have the same looking stuff. And if you don't think that something was going on look and at, at Mars. The they've time, now said well Native we discovered were... yeah i didn't mean to talk it's, over you sorry so like it, they, you're funny they discovered funny. water they discovered yeah. water on mars what's in water i mean you it's, just it's said it. you just said it riley microorganisms yeah, man. yeah literally it's organisms it's, it's well, biology it's life right and if you look at the terrain you can tell that looks to me that there was something there something mm. was going on did we have to leave did we come here from there? Were we brought here from somewhere else? I don't know. That's it's all, really it's all a big point. giant thing. Hi. Uh-oh. Are we in trouble? Oh, no, you're not. What's up? I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Stop. Stop. That's my so dog. funny. My dog's going nuts. She's like, who are you talking to? That's so the funny. aliens. I yeah. get loud sometimes. It's understandable. Oh, I mean, I get very passionate about this all the time, too. I do, too. Yeah, it's funny. I do too. So there, there's so many things that are unanswered, and it blows up your head, which I find fun. It keeps me amused. Keeps me, I, I learn something new every day. But that whole difference between us and some of the chimpanzees and monkeys, too, you know, how would they have one more chromosome than we, but yet we're the ones driving the cars? Uh -huh. That makes no sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, but it you is, know what? it's extremely weird. Yeah, I think because like I guess I believe in like there there probably was um some type of event by I, I guess you I this is gonna sound funny like I don't see how there's just a vast emptiness and then two two particles of something that maybe are there 
like beforehand, like is is how I've heard this explained before. Run into each other and explode into the Big Bang. Like I guess the way that I look at it is there is like maybe an a, a bigger being, like a god, and maybe it is like how everybody thinks it is, and he just snapped everything into existence. But it just so happens we aren't technically native to this earth, like we said, like everything could just once it started, it just has been going the way it is. And then we all yeah, ended up yeah. here for some I, odd reason. I would almost, yeah, I think you're right. I, I would almost believe some of the Aboriginal tribes and some of the African, you know, areas were probably native here. Mm-hmm. But then uh, I'm not saying the white man came along. What I'm saying is, right. is that, you know, other things happened and there's, there's a lot of missing material that would explain it. And it would explain it in such a fashion that, you know, we get it, but it's not there. And or like even dinosaurs are aliens because they're alien and they're gone. <laughs> I like where you're going with that spiritualism thing. I am too. Mm-hmm. I I decide that I'm going to call whatever it is. It, mm-hmm. it could be woman, man. I don't know. Could be a, a stone tree. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's. I the gave my, of, my it's an almighty being. It's omnipotent. Yeah, like it I, could be anything. Anything. And I gave my daughter this explanation. I was like, well, if you're to believe in creationism rather than just like the science thing, because well, mm. where did the science come from? You know, it's the chicken and the egg. And mm. she was very confused by that. And I said, well, it, it's a paradoxical circle in which yeah, it's, it's the snake eating its own tail. Yeah, it's correct. Ever, it's ever like, going. Well, what came first? Well, I guess the chicken. Okay. Well, where'd the chicken come from? The egg. Well, an egg. The egg come from the chicken. It, it's a vicious circle. So yeah, what I'm saying is you're right. I think that something, we could be, you know, Horton here's a who. We could be living in a yeah. dust particle that's on somebody's wart on the back of their ass, for all I know. And to us, it's our oh, universe, yeah. you know. And it's funny you say that too, because we read a story once just from the black. Uh, was it the the um SCP, SCP files. files? And there was there it was like this. It was called like um abdomen planet or something. Yeah, and it had like a whole ecosystem and like people living in his abdomen where his, his entrails were supposed to be. An entire universe. But it was an entire universe in his stomach and you could like see it and he was like the omnipotent being. But they were just living in him. And, and being, it's like, oh, huh. That makes sense though. See, I see what he's getting at because right? linear really has no meaning because these native cultures, you know, eventually started making sundials and ways to track mm. the sun, but they weren't so obsessed with it like we are. Like we're all wearing watches, you know, and we have right. to be someplace every minute, every day. And when you listen to natives' oral history of any culture, I, I love to listen to that because they just lived until their body ceased to function, which then you find out. Their vessels you, gave out. Right. Then you find out why some of them did live to be way over a hundred years old. It's mm. nuts. Um, they weren't bur- They just weren't burdened down as we were with so much worry. But the alien thing is an interesting concept, and I think there's something to it because we're arrogant to stand, sit here and think. If you look out there at night when the sky is clear, that we're this only thing out here. Let alone they yeah. just discovered a planet on the other side of the sun. They already knew about Vulcan, which I find that's funny. They named one of them that, but they found this planet and the sun. What was it that it has two suns around yep. this planet? They have the same orbit like we do. And yep. I ask everybody this question. Do you know everything in the universe, including our atoms and everything? Everything is spherical. You get it? Everything is mm. round, man. Yep. Why is that? Yeah. Flat Earth theory. Why is that? 
<laughs> yeah, flat Earth theory. But why is that? Serious? There, it's spherical. Everything, planets, because moons, rings. We're just rings. a smaller scale of atoms. You just got to keep getting. It just gets bigger. Uh, so yeah, and bigger it's and bigger it ever expands. He's yeah, right. It's the infinite, he's right. The infinite, yeah, um, that's what it Russian is. Russian doll. And eventually, maybe a they're Russian even bouncing doll. off each other so fast, and we don't even realize it. It, it can blow up your head, but it, I think so all of it. Well, we always have, think on such a linear path, and it's it, it's no so much thing. wider. That's why I think with paranormal and ghosts, including aliens, that that world doesn't exist for them. Because when we ask all the time, do you know what year it is, whatever, they have no clue, no concept of time. Yeah, no, we, we'll ask that an question, answer. and we'll be like, you know, they said a number, but it doesn't really correlate. And nope. it's like, well, how the fuck do they know what's going on? No. Like, they're stuck in wherever they were. Some of them like, appear. I mean, it's possible, or it's just like they're in a vast whateverness. Right. Some of them appeared to be on the understanding that they just died, yet they died 73 years ago. Mm -hmm. They don't know, and I find that that's the most intriguing part of all of it. It's like, all and it do is. they even want to believe they're dead? I didn't mean to talk your fool ass heads off, but I'm I'm into all this stuff, man. I know well, it's it's seriously like the easiest thing to talk about for us because we are extremely passionate yeah. about everything that is like, I like to hear that just so different. Because growing up, me and Riley both like being friends for what over a decade now. Like we would just sit here like we are now with you and just just talk. Just, you know, like, just, you know, like, what if this or what if that? Or like, we, you know, I saw this. That's how we learn from each other. We shoot the yeah. shit and we listen and we learn. Mm -hmm. We do. Yeah, and that, and exactly yeah. that. I've I'm learned like so much. One of the type of people that, like, when I become friends with you, I'll, I'll be like, right away, I'd be like, do you, do you believe in ghosts? Stories? Do you have any ghost stories? Like, I, I'm like, always like, tell me. <laughs> Mine's like, where's I the cookies and milk? <laughs> it's just, it always like, brings me like such joy knowing that like it, when i tell somebody like my experience is and they're like that's really cool like actually like i don't tell people this many times but like i feel comfortable telling you this and it's like that's all i want is for people to understand that it's not a, a weird thing like it's it's if you're passionate about anything it's normal like it's at promote this, it love it point, proud like Probably even more natural than you think it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. I think yeah, it's more normal. It's not, paranormal. it's not so paranormal. That's just the term. Yeah, I literally like how you're passionate about World War II. Like, I love watching World War II documentaries. I love reading books about it. Like, it's all so interesting. <laughs> or, yeah. like, I could be 100% like, I love cats and dogs. I'm 100% like, you know, like animal an lover. animal lover. Well, you're. You're not so cool because of that. Or I'm into anime. Well, you're a geek. Like, come on. Like, just love it. I am super nerdy. I <laughs> just got an anime you know, tattoo. I dress, I dress as a Ghostbuster. So Yeah. And <laughs> and some people would be like, dude, look at that guy. <laughs> right? And it's like, what? I used like, to be that. I used awesome. to be that kid. I was that kid doing D and D back in the seventies yep. and I still all that stuff. And we were doing Star yeah. Trek. I was always into Trek yep. and I'm still in yeah, like Live Long and Prosper. Stargate SC1. Yeah. Okay, love it. Hey, Strange New Worlds, man. That's my thing. That show is mm -hmm. the bomb. But I'm into the ghost thing. I can't. It's part of me because I'm trying to find some answers. And as I've just turned 60 and I'm getting older, I, there's a definition of my mortality that's there, too, that I'm just like, eh, what is really going on? And I think I have more of a faith now than I ever did. If I'm to leave anybody with anything, I would say right. that I'm a little more comfortable knowing that it just does not end with this physical thing, there's more mm -hmm. going on. And 
I don't think it's too bad to think that grandma's heaven is she's able to watch over us and watch her kids. And I would like to know that I'm not forgotten and that I can watch over my babies and my kids, my grandkids, and maybe they'll join me someday. And when you hear a lot of near-death experiences who are on these podcasts or you read books about them or listen to podcasts and doctors who will share these as well, some of the overlapping similarities are proof that you very, go to some, you, there's alarming. something else going on, right? You don't just yeah. stop. Something else is going on. Might yeah, not some be of it's time. all malar- like I, some of it's malarkey. I will say that some of it's very coaxed, like for parents oh. to children talking about. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the accounts that you'll you'll come across are so genuine, and you're just like, it just it makes sense. Yeah, my mom's was not over the top, but she said she didn't see. But she heard familiar voices her first time mm-hmm. she died of a heart attack. The second one finally got her. But, you know, she said that somebody, she remembers hearing somebody say, Eileen, you got to go. You, it's not your time. You got you, you can't be here. And she remembers being like pulled. She felt like it was being pulled, like she was pulled back and she saw this light and she felt so loved and it was beautiful. And then she woke up and she was in the hospital. I don't think that's hallucination because there's no. been millions of people reporting that same shit. Yeah, I just yeah, don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't find it. I don't find it unbelievable. You know, you know, so like my first like the the experience that I have that like sticks in my head is like thinking back, like talk me the most about the paranormal is when I was like ten years old. My great grandmother died, and God rest her soul. But absolutely beautiful person, so nice. Mm-hmm. But the entire time I was alive, she was blind, so she never actually seen me with her own eyes right yeah so it was about two weeks after she had passed away i was sitting in our living room we had like this half wall and a big wraparound couch that went like around and then like came with the the half wall right and she was standing in a doorway and just like looking at me and just like wait just taking it in and then kind of like (laughs) faded away but like i told my dad this experience remember i'm a 10 year old i said i saw a great grandmother yeah rover and he was like really when and i said like the other like a like, couple days ago or he's whatever like, and he not goes, possible. i'd seen the same thing no way he's like, i forgot you told me a story came and visited me as well damn and i was like well what do you think that like that means i was already like as a 10 year old i was still like i believe the paranormal already and my dad we lived in a haunted house and then he was like there is life after death something happens like yeah can't explain yeah. it you'll probably never find the answer but to experience it and that's funny you I, share that. I we yeah. kind of came up with the like realization that maybe she was like she wanted to see you know her and it was her first time like, seeing see you me mm-hmm. and like see my dad it's and, like, believable my when my dad died my kids went through what you went through and they, so they said we saw Grandpa Hallroyd. They never met him. And uh, they were at the, the hospital outside the door, so they couldn't really see him. But I wanted to make sure that they just weren't having me on because they, yeah. they knew, you know, how I felt about him and stuff. And yeah, they knew you were into the paranormal. Correct. And so when I did ask, it's much like your description. They're like, well, he walked into your room, which is my podcast room, hmm. which is where I... I got that picture of his face in the window, upstairs window. This yeah. is after this. This is a month or 
so after that, all that went down. And I go, okay. And Elise uh, is my youngest. She said, yeah, he smiled at us. And Patrick was like, he was wearing a red shirt and jeans and black boots. That's what my dad always wore. He was the biker till the end. He had those black engineer boots, you know? Yep. Black biker I know boots. the ones. Oh, yeah. They're like Harley boots. And yep. uh, the other, he always wore jeans and like a blue or a red T-shirt. And at that point, Elise said, yeah, and he had a box rolled up in his sleeve on his arm. And now that's what got me because like, yeah. they wouldn't know that. They wouldn't know about that. That's my dad really, no. really used to roll his Marlboros up there in his oh, damn sleeves. It, yeah. And she said, okay. he smiled at us and he had brown eyes and he went into your room. They didn't know what color his eyes were. He had brown eyes. I got blue from my mom. And uh, that made me instant, like you, a believer that they just saw my dad in my house. And mm. I had to have a talk with him out loud. Like, there's no more of that. Because my wife heard the story and she was like, well, if that starts, we're moving. And I laughed and I'm like, <laughs> well, if he's a ghost, he's just going to follow us to the next house. It's yeah, not he's going to be around. going to stay here. So, <laughs> but it, that still makes, it's a wonderment to me that. That stopped after a while. There were a few more run-ins, but he was trying to make up for lost time. And like with your grandma, maybe there's just time that they want to make up with family. I believe that's the case sometimes too. And I find that more beautiful than I do anything that's frightening. So I'm still bent on the fact that there's a lot more good that comes out of this. If you, if you just work it the right way, then, then there is, that's bad. And mystery with history, man. I was using, I, I hate to, to burst our good friend Drew's bubble, but I told him, I said, hey, I'm sorry, but I was using that way before you came up with it. That's one of our original <laughs> SMP logos, which says history with mystery. I said, we, I've been doing that from day one, which is going into these historic places and trying to find what's behind the mystery. Right. And I will continue to do that, but that's what I do. Yeah. Somewhat, I do, think, I do a lot of things. Yeah. I really do think that being, um, like being more in tune with the spiritual also like comes in hand in hand with people being closer to like near death experiences. Cause I right. think that like loosens like the, the chains that probably hold your spirit down. Yeah. Could be, I guess that's like, like a very obscure way of saying it, but yeah, it just, it seems like some, like you're, you're stuck in your mortal vessel, like how I, I said earlier, but then, you have something where you like, you know, it, it's like almost you get punched out of yourself and you snap back and you're like, well, it loosened the, the hold it had. Yeah. So like, I wonder. Could be. You never That's know. been a theory. There's a lot of theories within the field that bounce around that too. Why you're at the cemetery instead of catching a ball game. You know, it's like, well, mm-hmm. like you just said, could be just connected to the body. Um, maybe with cremation that's settled and maybe you're not trapped mm-hmm. here maybe some people are stuck here because we mourn them so much there's it's almost like this invisible thing that keeps them here because yeah. we're not willing to not let them go, go. yeah but it's, I bet it's is, like an extension cord too almost like yeah, you could have be to everything. be powered it could be, could be all of that but i refuse to believe that in memory wise that you know they don't want to be remembered because of course oh, they yeah. do. Just read some of the headstones. There's obvious notes and writings on there that tell you I want to be remembered and here's what I did. You know, so just go up there. I've asked them before too. You know, are you lonely? Are you happy we're here? We get a lot of yeses that they're happy we're there. Would you like us to come back and talk again? Because I think I don't know if they're just stuck in that one place, man. You right. know, 
is maybe my concept conception ooh, conception of a ghost. Yeah, uh, Dave Fibbe, brain surgery. That's the fourth time tonight, probably. I love so, um, my conception of that could be wrong too. You know, in a in a sense where there could be nothing trapping them here, and they're not allowed, and we can't move around maybe as freely as we thought. But to listen to some of the ghost stories where a son dies in a war in somewhere in Italy, and he shows up at his parents' house. 35 years later in their house, in their bedroom, and he's Bonjour talking enough. to them. How could, how could he go from there to there? Right. Yep. So maybe that's wrong too. Who knows? It's all yeah. a mystery, man. It's all a mystery. Yeah. Life is surrounded in them. Yeah. That's why. I'd man, that's a good t-shirt right there. They really Life is. is surrounded in mysteries. You got your million dollar t-shirt idea right there, buddy. <laughs> hey, looks like we're going to make Copyrighted. a new t-shirt idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I still it. think you should do an uh do a paranormal one. We were gonna do it called Stop Staring at My Orbs. <laughs> that's for the women. That was a women's shirt. We, we have one that's uh got ghosts, like got milk. Oh got yeah. Milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we could definitely do a dirty one. <laughs> you could. Ghostbusters do it better in the dark. That's been around for a while. That's a good one though. <laughs> we we got these from uh Oh, from one of the ghost hunts ghost used to stay. And it says I did it all night with Oh no! I like that one too. It's funny. If you feel touched God. in the middle, yeah. If you feel touched at any point in the night, it could be me. <laughs> I tell that to people. I tell that to people on the tour. It either gets a laugh or people just look at me like I don't want to go on this tour now. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come again? Lawyers? Lawyers? What lawyers? Don't need lawyers. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. God, this has been such a blast. I didn't even realize how late it was because I could talk about this all day and light, like easily, <laughs> easily, easily. Yeah, I think it is about time to to wrap it up. I think we both have to go to work early. Yeah, <laughs> I'm usually there. There went that honestly. idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sure I'm gonna get home. And my wife is Again. gonna be like, "Hey, fuck, dude." <laughs> Thank you so That's much. Mind Danny is like, Who are you talking to? It's like, I'm on still on this podcast. What are you doing? I love it. <laughs> and coming in here interrupting me. Because oops. Thank you so I, much for coming on to the show, man. We appreciate it. Patient, we, we freaking, yeah, well, of course. I mean, for the legend that fought Bigfoot himself. Yeah. Yeah. You missed your own intro, but it's okay. It's okay. okay. You, you are the man who. He one punched Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah that'll, we, that'll live in it for me. You have me on again. We'll talk about my Bigfoot run ins, which, yeah, they tie into Bob Penny's story because he's featured in Weird Michigan book. That's mm-hmm. been out for years and it's yeah. out here on Silver Lake. And that's where I had a rent and I saw something and I was like, what in the hell? Ron, you are a rock star. Yeah. Hell yeah. Everyone can see and hear you. What? I don't know. I don't what? know. Concept of things are really intriguing. I, I like it. Canadian bacon. I do. Yeah. Ron was on last night. He's part of a weeping willow. Weeping Willow, so much fun. They're freaking awesome people. So shout out Ron. If you haven't watched that episode, go watch that next. I caught. I, awesome I come in and out and catch some of your guys' stuff when I can. You know, because I'm I'm still trying. You've to been pouring it on thick lately. Yeah, we got a lot of interviews coming up. Like we we're like oof, we got Blood Moon Paranormal next week, and then we got we got Drew Drew show. Yep. And then the following week, I don't know. Gosh, it's the lineup is insane. 
it's a crazy, crazy. And then it's Hauntings with Hodge, I'm pretty sure. Mm. We got to come back. I'll, I'll come. Well, I'll have you guys on my show and we'll talk about Bigfoot. Please, please. And let's like and try to go Bigfoot hunt together. Paranormal uh, I will tell you this, buddy. Up here in Allegan, hmm. I took Crystal out because we're out looking for houses and we're doing dirt roads and stuff. And, and she was onto this yellow motel thing, which I want to tell everybody is a big made up story and a legend. It is not true. Yeah. Al Capone never had people there, nothing. None of that is true. Okay. We know the guy that used to work there and he knows the lady that owned it. It's, listen, it's just a made up story. Besides <laughs> that, beside all that, now I just made everybody cry. In Boom. the Allegan Forest area, where I go up to Lake Eli, I took her up there, and I know what to look for for sign. And there's tree snap, there's tree bending, there's tree tying, which are very evident. There's no mistaking when I believe Squatch is going through deer trails, logging trails, and places where I can't even get my Jeep, okay? Mm -hmm. So I showed her some stuff from the road that we could see that is not natural. Because eight feet in the air, when you have tree rub, and the bark is off the tree. There's no damn bear that's eight foot tall. Okay. Let's no. all agree on that. We're in lower Michigan. Let's agree on it. I'm not going to raise my voice. Okay. I got to be quiet. <laughs> so the other part was these, tree, these trees were bent over and tied with saplings that are, you know. And then I saw three trees in a row and they took saplings that were probably 10 inch in diameter and they're weaved and this is 50 yards off a logging trail. They're weaved in and out of these trees. That's and if so you watch weird. some of the shows where these guys are serious and, you know, some of the people, I, I'll, I could throw names, that's sign that that's their area and you do not go. Don't yeah. go in there. It's, okay? it's the marking of the beast. You're right. It is. They're like, this is our area, some hunting area, whatever it is. Like, And I'm thinking, this is me. You know, if you want to go Sasquatch hunting, I'll go. But I'm bringing my it. damn 12-gauge shotgun, okay, <laughs> with my bandolier and my pistol. Because you can tell me as docile as you want, but something that's eight and a half up to 10 foot tall, that's the size of like 20 linebackers. Yeah. And you think, it's domicile. It's, 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 it's probably it's like, it's realistically like, apex predator. like pull your arm off. Yeah. It's, like it's, gonna, it's just going to kiss you and it's going to love you. It's like, no, it's not. No. No, it's not. You're gonna no. Eat your brains. Eat your brains. I love it. Well, then I'm safe. What? <laughs> oh my god. Well, thanks for oh, having me. Oh, Dan, you are a legend. I Absolute love you, man. Legend. Absolute legend. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I'll take it. Thanks, you are the goat, the greatest of all time. You are the wisest of the Gandalfs. <laughs> Interesting. That's a good reference. I get that. I love it. None shall so, pass. <laughs> you shall not pass. Except for spirits. Pass into my uh, camera view, please. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and his bank account. And don't steal his wallet anymore. Come on. That too. Give the guy that a too. break. Yeah. Rob my ghost. But while you're at it, remember to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes. Bump. In the yeah. night. I love you guys. Check out everything Dan has going on. Unrestricted Paranormal and all the other channels that are under the umbrella that he's got going on, because I honestly don't remember every single one, because there's a lot. You have so many, so many awesome Listen, just adventures. Just go to unrestrictedparanormal.com, unrestrictedradio.com, go to Ghostorama on Facebook, and if you want to send an email, go to ghostorama22 at yahoo.com, and that's it, man. That's it. 
Peace.